Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Is he okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. My friends, it just keeps happening. Real Deal No Sex Appeal is finally on its 100th episode, and I'd like to thank none of you guys. I guess just Parker and Alex. Um, anyway. I warned you, bro. I told you, dog, about this shitty podcast. Yeah, a, lo- <laughs> a lot of people would say, oh, you know, I couldn't have done it without the fans. Yeah, well, both of you listening at home, we appreciate you. I don't appreciate you, Joel. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we have a very special episode for you guys. We watched two movies this week: um, Bear and Master of Disguise. Uh, which, oh boy, there's plenty to say about those. But we also, in fact, watch a ton of movies on our own. Alex somehow got extradited from Japan. Uh, Parker, <laughs> I, I don't know it's what you've been story. doing, and I've been on that horror movie kick. So we're going to skip news. Um, we might get into Jerks of the Week at, at some point, but we'll wait for Alex to get into his. Uh, we'll start with what I've been watching. I watched um, The Black Hat. Uh, the Black Hat is notable for one thing only. It stars Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, who, by the way, actually got along as friends. It's decent. It, there's not really much to say about it, but it's, it's pretty good. It's nice to see these two really great actors acting off each other. Uh... And I watched uh, the 1920 uh, silent version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Say it. Say it, Chris. <laughs> I would absolutely let him raw me. <laughs> that letterbox review to this day haunts me. So, <laughs> silent movie from the 1920s. Just like, you know, straight up, I'd let, <laughs> I'd let John Barrymore raw me. That's the entire review, and I think about it weekly. <laughs> I think I think the it began with I don't know how to put this delicately, and then she says that. <laughs> Let <laughs> me be blunt. For if what I could go back in time, he could top me and just breed me. Like, yeah. All right, I, I too love the classics. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I will think say about this it uh, at least once a week. The movie itself is actually really good, and yes, John Barrymore is really, really good in this movie. He is, he is absolutely worth watching for this. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, then I watched it. Oh, jeez, it's one of these fucking... Okay, so I watched several movies, um, <laughs> one of which was called... I, I think I'll just call three of them. They all have Boris Karloff in there. Uh, one's called Before I Hang. The next is The Man They Could Not right. Hang. And the next was The Man Who Changed His Mind. They all involve a courtroom scene at the beginning of the movie where, I guess, Boris Karloff is sentenced to death. Then he somehow, using science, is able to defy death and he's undead or some bullshit. Are, are, you, are you suggesting that Boris is invincible? Uh, <laughs> you know, your words, not mine. I'd call him invulnerable. Uh, but these movies are all the same I don't know why they're they're not really that good and they're really fucking stupid with the science it doesn't make sense Um, 
You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> then I watched. 19- Did they even have science back then? <laughs> A lot of calipers. Uh, then I watched 1944. Well, see. A lot of the movies on the list involve various monsters. I've seen Dracula, I've seen Frankenstein's monster, I've seen the werewolf. Satchmo. I've I've seen (laughs) Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I've seen so many different monsters, but what's the most terrifying monster of all? I watched Weird Woman, where they made a woman the monster. Uh, Not a giant woman, not a 50-foot tall woman who'd step behind me with her feet. Uh, Not one of those vampire women. Just a, a woman. Just a dame. She's she's the greatest monster of them all. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> then I watched uh, 1928's The Fall of the House of Usher. I don't remember anything about it. Sorry. Uh, then that checks I, out. It's going to burn for you to say this review. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I Thank watched... Uh, <laughs> then I watched, finally at last, Scary Movie. Uh, I gotta Wait, admit... You watched the one from the 20s? from the 40s and then went... All right, what are the Wayans brothers up to? Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, this is what influenced them to make their parody. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, I, I will admit I'm a big fan of In Living Color. Uh, I guess nothing else they've ever done. Um, no, I wasn't into Not a major Celtic pain Pride, guy? Thank you. Um, <laughs> people do not, in fact, forget. Um, so, Scary oh, Movie starts off, city. right, and I do not like that intro scene, and I'm going, as I'm going through the movie, I'm like, oh, this sucks. None of this humor holds up at all. And then, like, a couple of the jokes actually make me laugh really hard. Um, I don't remember which Wayans brother it is. Is it Damon Wayans, who plays the, the jock guy, who's very clearly gay? Some of his lines really crack me up. There's a scene where they're, they're doing the, uh, I know what you did last summer thing, where they run over a guy and his body flips over. Anyways, his body's sort of lying dead on the highway, and someone's like, oh, I'll lift his arms, uh, someone, I'll lift his head, and <laughs> his voice is very clearly mixed higher than everyone else's, so it says, I'll grab his ass. And <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh really hard. Um, this movie was made in 2000, which, as everyone knows, is a year before 9-11, and... Boy, Thank oh you. boy, the closer you get to 9-11, the more pre-9-11 you get. Because We were on one. We have a character named Doofy. Uh, <laughs> Deputy Doofy is so cool. Our good friend Deputy Doofy. So there's a scene where he's in the, uh, the, the law office, and uh, a bunch of the cops are around, you know, shooting the breeze, talking out of school, some old locker room oh, talk, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, they're like, hey, dude, smell my finger. This is what it's like when you become a man. And he's like, oh, smell my finger. Like, oh, jeez, what is this? My ass. <laughs> I remember two things from Scary Doofy. Doofy fucking a vacuum cleaner. And the scene where the Wayans brothers role-playing with his girlfriend. He's like, I put on the pads. All right, now do me. I have to admit, when when he was telling her to put on the pads, the first thing I wanted was like, I gotta get a girl to do this. I have got to find a way to get a girl to do this. Yeah, put on the helmet now. Yeah. You see, that's the thing is like some of the jokes don't work because of like the editing or something. Like there, there's like one scene where uh, he says to his girlfriend, "Damn, babe, you look fine in those pants." And uh, she's like, and he's like, "Oh, I want to get in your pants or something like that." And she's like, "Oh, baby," and he responds, "No, seriously, let me try them on." And the scene just keeps on going, and no one really laughs at it. She just kind of gives him a look, and it stops. So that's not funny. What is funny is that guy's report card full of F's. It's just stamped dumbass on there. 
Sometimes the low-hanging fruit is the best one. You know? It's yeah. true. So one of my favorite letterboxed reviews is some guy was like, oh, I saw this with my parents when I was nine years old. There's a scene when a girl gets blasted with gum and sticks to the ceiling. Yeah. We uh, put Same. this on when I was a child. We did not finish it as a family. That was a separate room's... <laughs> I'll just wait until it's on cable, I guess, because yeah. they're not going to let me have that VHS tape. There, I mean, there were there are a lot of hairstyles in there. There were constantly Parker's text me, yeah, you could pull that off. Just, you I could, appreciate I believe that. In you. We are bringing Parker, back Parker, how many of them family. could I have pulled off? <laughs> well, one of the Wayans brothers. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's the nicest thing you've ever said to him. You could be one of the Wayans brothers. <laughs> Uh, if you want other good Wayans Brothers comedies, go check out Dungeons and Dragons. So overall, I, I hope I won't have to watch the other scary boofies, but this one wasn't so bad. Some of the <laughs> hey, are those gifts you bit. got Chris finalized? Because <laughs> there's four sequels. <laughs> the, uh, there's five sequels, actually. <gasps> what? There's one that came out in like 2013. Yeah. Okay. Um, Parker, I'm going to leave that movie that we're playing on for the end of my thing here. Um, just remind Before me Before we bring the whole room down. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, that's the that's the Daffy Duck one where he goes to hell. And the problem is I can only do it once. Uh, so a couple on here that I don't even remember because they just sort of fly by. Uh, the Vampire Bat, House of Horrors, Waxworks. I don't remember. West of Zanzibar is kind of racist. Uh, don't watch that. You don't uh, say. <laughs> yeah, it's from 1928. Who could have known? Um, All right, so we go to the African island like, oh. Nope, yeah, yet. as it turns out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the, find these African actors. Oh, yeah. So I see. one of the words <laughs> I keep seeing on uh, I keep seeing on Letterboxd is Hooptober. Raw. I guess they I guess they keep saying Hooptober because it's like oh, season I'm supposed to watch thirty horror movies or some stupid shit like that. So I decided I would check out Tobe Hooper's uh, works and Just I watched three Toby. of them. Just say Toby, God damn it, he's dead. So I checked. Show him some respect. <laughs> so Tao Hooper's poltergeist is. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Tobe Hooper's poltergeist. <laughs> Future episode. Yeah, poltergeist. I will admit is a really really good movie. I I kind of went in there it's sort of being like nah, I can't be that good, right? Because I had heard Spielberg did most of the work on there and. Uh, for reasons I'm sure you guys can agree with, I'm sort of down on Spielberg recently. But uh, Poltergeist is kind of great all the way through. I think the first act is my favorite, where they're setting up suburbia. It's it's really funny. That this really works as a comedy for the first act. I don't I don't know what's going on with it. Um, the little girl was pretty good. Uh, don't look up what happened to her. And she was unfortunately canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you you have, hate to see it. Why do you have to say it like that? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she died. The anyway. cancellation curse of Poltergeist. <laughs> That's what happens when you use real skeletons. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> shut up. It's anyway. amazing they managed to find all 40,000 bones and put them all together. <laughs> That's a real Millennium Puzzle. Anyway. Uh, so the movie, I don't know if I'd call it scary. It's interesting. Uh, and, and that says a lot more than the vast majority of horror movies I've seen. If, if you can hold my attention, that goes a long way. Uh, Zelda Fitzgerald, holy shit, I'll watch her in anything. She is great. I, not Zelda Fitzgerald, Zelda Rubenstein, right? Uh, no relation to the other Alex. Uh, former co-host. I loved, I loved her in that movie. Honestly, I feel like she could have, like, when she says, this house is clean, you could have just ended the movie and it would have been really good right there. 
But the ending after that, holy shit. I, I was having so a much. great time. The, the movie like ends and it's like, oh, just kidding, actually. It's yeah, even it more just, fucked. Th- yeah, exactly. It doesn't just not end. It kicks into overdrive. That is a great ending. So big fan of that. Less of a fan of Life Force. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> Life Force is a lot of movie. Yeah. Life Force is about two hours long and feels about 22 hours long. Um, I think it's really just the space vampire movie. Correct. Uh, there are some really good effects in there. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I really like the desiccated human corpses. Those look good. I really like the titties. Those were very, very great. Um, as for the storyline, uh, Parker, you want to help me out some uh, happens nope. in this? Okay. I well, Patrick Stewart explodes at one point. That's about it. Yeah, that was Must really nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, also watched. I'm very happy to say it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Oh man, that is Parker. A lot going on. Parker, are you ready for a flaming hot Cheeto take? I am. I like this more than the first one. It's much more wa- watchable. I'm dead serious. I think this is. Uh, I don't know if it's a better movie, but. I just like it a little bit more. The first one, I can see why it's influential and stuff like that, but it's just sort of hard to look at for most of it. And not because it's too violent, it's just just kind of looks shitty. This movie looks very, very good, uh, considering. And it works as a comedy. Like, it, he really makes it obvious that this is supposed to be a dark comedy, and most of the scenes are, like, actually kind of funny. And even in the ones that aren't, it's like, oh, I can tell you're trying to tell a joke now. Because in the first movie, I can tell why people didn't find it very funny, you know? I was like, oh, he chainsawed her up the gut. That's, it's satire. Whereas with this, I, like, they got, like, Tabasco on the table when they're going to eat her. Like, that's funny, you know? So that works. Dennis Hopper is on several. My God. <laughs> he is not Dennis on Hopper, one. He is on for several. the entire second half of the movie, is just screaming, bring it down! While <laughs> chainsawing fucking Presswoods. He is so maybe true. my favorite overactor in Hollywood history. Oh God bless him! He's he so he does that underground layer with three chainsaws. Yeah. So my favorite thing is he called this the worst movie he'd ever been in. Which Dennis, False. if you're listening, fuck you. Um, he also said the same thing about. I don't this. think he's listening, dude. Not anymore. But uh, they they got pipelines <laughs> up in heaven. And uh, <laughs> anyway, there's no way they have our show in heaven. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, then they're listening to it while drinking beer in hell. Anyway, uh, which they do, sir, if I'll get to that in a bit. Oh. <laughs> anyway. That's the 100th episode reveal, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week when we actually talk about movies. Anyway, Dennis Hopper was also in the, the Super Mario Brothers movie. He called that the worst one he'd ever been in. And then he was in Waterworld. And by then, I guess he decided to shut up about it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I really like him in this movie. <laughs> Again, Parker is overacting. is great. It, imagine doing this in Blue Velvet in the same year. It's, that is it, <laughs> a level of power henceforth unseen. Alex, remember him screaming, Fuck that! Pabst Blue Ribbon in Blue Velvet? Well, basically, does that voice <laughs> That's the, the entire movie, except <laughs> with chainsaw sword fights. It is so good. Also, yeah. one of the most effective jump scares I've ever seen. Oh, My yeah, soul... That left my body i can safely say that jump scare will get you it doesn't matter it if you've seen it a hundred times it's gonna get you also the alamo is showing a double feature of that in the first one so your oh, boy has plans take me with you yeah so next up i watched a little movie called brain scan not much to say about it it's oh buddy oh buddy <laughs> <laughs> alex Tell are you me. familiar with brain scan 
I am not. Please oh, no. lighten me. Oh Tell me Please not ready for Long's murder game. I, I desperately God. need to make this as clear as possible. Brain scan is a hundred percent a future episode. Okay. So as it turns good. out. So good. So it's 1994. Cast your mind back. 1994. It's three years removed from Terminator 2. A couple people saw it. Eddie Furlong is the uh, breakout star. Apparently, yeah, he's going to be really good. Turns out he can't act. Uh, he was just pretty decent at being in Terminator 2. He quite seriously cannot act. He is an awful, awful, dreadful actor. And it's not just in, like, say your lines with emotion, you know, sort of thing. It's like, He's not good at, like, hitting his cues. He's not good at looking at the right spot. They seriously have to do everything. He is awful. And this is a guy who just came off a James Cameron movie. And also, make a movie around him where he plays a video game where he kills people. It's incredible. This is, like, the lawnmower man, except I can't give away the twist. I, you boy, better can not, I not give away the twist. twist. <laughs> the twist will change your life. It is. Uh, who who the fuck was the uh, the guy who was his little demon friend there? Franklin Jella. Franklin Jella. All oh, this God. makeup is like Howie Mandel in the movie Little Monsters with Fred Savage. <laughs> just uh, eating raw chicken and dancing to Primus. <laughs> yeah, he tricks Eddie Furlong into playing his murder game. Now, if you're gonna listen to like he's like he starts dancing around to like oh I'll put on like a scary song that'll scare the kids. Welcome to this world is not a scary song because the beginning sounds like a banjo bass. That's not scary. That's just stupid. I love. I don't know. I think it's pretty scary that any human being with ears willingly listens to Primus, but yeah, Primus sucks. So I can play both sides of this. Anyway, uh, the movie. Oh, they also. One of the opening lines is, "Yo, man, you check out the latest Fango." People actually call trouble at school for having a horror movie club. He's like, "Man, this friggin' sucks." And that's his character arc. I think my favorite thing is that they have a horror movie club at the school, on school grounds, ostensibly a, a public school, and he gets mad that it gets hashtag canceled because he's showing, like, really violent movies in there. They're just like, look, you can't show Bloodstab Demon Beast uh, Part 3 on here. And he's like, oh, God, censorship, man. People don't know. We live in a fucking society. So he buys a video <laughs> game where... This is 1994, so the hottest thing was Donkey Kong Country. So someone saw Donkey Kong Country, you're like, yeah, so in the future, you can make a game that kills people. What about instead of collecting bananas, you collected fucking souls, dude. Just yeah. get in there. It's... <laughs> It is, it is so fucking so, good. It's seriously, actually, a really, really fun watch. I think you'll have more fun with this than you than you did with Lawnmower Man. But that's a lot. There are no monkeys who dumb shot people. <laughs> I did have a lot of fun with Lawnmower Man. <laughs> After the that, performance um, of Frank Langella trying to be like, guys, we have our new Freddy Krueger. Just fucking go for it, man. It's yeah. so good. Then I went. I went down to the theater. I was like, huh, what's playing now? Aladdin. Toy Story 4, Chopping Mall. Well, now, this is part of, uh, they have a film club at the Alamo, the local one, but I can't make it because it's on Wednesday nights, I work Wednesday nights, so instead they have what's called Terror Tuesdays. It's once a month, and uh, last week it was uh, fucking something I had already seen, I don't remember, and uh, this time it was Chopping Mall, which I had never seen, and Parker told me, you have to go, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to say no. Uh, it was, it was kind of nice. Uh, most people there had seen it before, but I'm like, okay, I want to go in here and just have a, like a fresh light. So a lot of the people in the audience knew some of the actors and actresses. So when their names appeared on screen, everyone clapped really loud. Um, oh, Dick those Miller was people. 
Yeah, Dick Miller was there, um, which is great. Um, still kicking, I guess. And uh, I got to tell you, Parker, you were right. It is the greatest head explosion in cinema it history. It somehow so eclipses scanners. It, <laughs> it is. is. It, like this shitty 77-minute movie about killer robot security guards that go haywire because they get struck by lightning, and these teens are banging inside the mall, so they try and kill them. Just dropped in like 50 minutes in is one of the greatest head explosions I've ever seen in my life. I think my favorite thing is I have never before seen a character who is so very obviously me in that movie. And unfortunately, he's the first one to get killed off, which that's not even fair. It is every single scene that he was on screen, I'm just like, oh my god, Parker is just like, that's Chris, that's Chris, that's Chris. Hey, you, I don't know you. Hey, that's Chris. So, cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. Some bodacious movies in this movie, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's a good movie. It's nice seeing Dick Miller again. Then I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. I watched Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, buddy! Yeah. I oh didn't wow. Know that. Yeah. This, I can't believe you hadn't seen that already. Yeah. This it, it kind of seems like it'd be uh, up my alley, but uh, I mean, it's what everyone said it was. It's not a very good. I I think my favorite thing that no one ever told me about is the guy constantly pointing the gun at himself. Because uh, he was testing to see if Ed Wood would notice, and he didn't. <laughs> so, you have this deputy who's practically cleaning his ear out with his pistol. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's a fun watch. It's it's embarrassing seeing uh, the final moments of Bella Lugosi. And then some chiropractor who's a foot taller than him is just coming in. Yeah, I'm Bella Lugosi. I'm covering up my face with my cape. It's stupid. And it makes no sense, too. So, uh, it, it was fun. I, I think Ed Wood is just a more fun watch, though, you know. Then I watched, uh, I can't believe it took me this long to see it, but I finally got around to watching uh, The Walking Dead, the 1936 version. Uh, as it turns out, it's not very good. Um, sorry, not much to say about Oops, The Walking Dead. could have guessed. <laughs> has a lot in common, I see. Yeah. And then, I don't remember, Parker, was it you who told me to get on it? But I, I think you did. I think you told me to watch Dream Warriors. Oh, I remember. I was, oh, yeah. I was incredibly drunk. This is... Yes. One of the most drunkest moments of my life. I don't know what I was doing. but uh, You asked I, me for a movie to watch while drunk, and I thought about what was on the list, and I knew in my heart of hearts <laughs> Dream Warriors was a solid pick. Yeah, so <laughs> I know that you can basically watch these mostly out of order, but I was like, okay, I'll watch uh, Dream Warriors. I Wow, that is actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, it's very powerful, indeed. Um, There's a lot going on. It's nice seeing uh, the main actress from the first movie back again. Uh, we'll see her again. Uh, so yeah, Dream Warriors is, I think it's everyone's like consensus number two uh, Friday, or Nightmare on Elm Street. I get these mixed up all the time. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I feel bad. I haven't seen part two, Freddy's Revenge. That is the gayest movie I've ever seen. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it is. Now, I don't mean gay in like the South Park with, uh, that's fucking gay. And I'm like, no, it's this is really, really gay. And, like, you turn it on, like, oh, Chris is, like, he's being mean. It's like, no, no, no. As soon as you see our main character, they're just like, oh. And they're just like, I, I kind of, oh. And then they get the dance scene in his bedroom where he bumps his ass against the, the drawer to close it, and he pretends he's jerking off with a, I don't know what that is, a cup and ball sort of thing. Uh, he's got a board game named Probe. One of his, it's not even a nightmare. It actually happens. His He goes out into the 
the raining streets barefoot and goes to an S&M bar that's apparently within walking distance to his house, orders a drink. Uh, then you his, know, that's probably built into the property values. Then his S&M, his S&M gym teacher may, catches him there and makes him run laps in, at the school. It's like 12 at night. And then uh, tells him to hit the showers. And while he's in the showers, the uh, coach gets uh, dragged into the showers too, naked. And his butt gets beaten with uh, a jump rope. And then his friend says, oh, you want to sleep with me? And it's it's very, very gay. Here's the thing. That makes this movie a lot better, actually. Because the apparently the director had no idea what was going on. Turns out the lead actor was, in fact, gay. And I think the director may have been blind. Because... Uh, yes. Like, how do you <laughs> sit there and look at the dailies and go, huh, that's weird. I Like, there's no way you couldn't know it. Do we have to see his bare ass? Yeah, all right, well, sure. Wait a minute, dude. You're not talking about joining the army or soccer practice at all. <laughs> I don't know. I like manly things, you know, just manly things. Manly guys doing manly things. <laughs> it's very, very obviously gay, but th- so they interviewed the screenwriter. I watched a documentary after we'll get to that. Uh, the screenwriter said, I don't know, I thought I'd add a little bit of character. And it does. It actually makes the movie like a thousand times better. This this guy has a, has a, a characteristic, you know, which some of the other characters in uh, horror movies don't have, and it's it's kind of interesting to watch. You watch him, you're like, I hope he figures himself out, you know? Be you. And I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it for that. Is it a good movie? No. But it's it's all right. I, I, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for it. Um, then I was like, ah, well, since I'm watching the, fr- the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Sorry, I keep doing that. Uh, let's move on to part four, The Dream Master. I had no part of this. I did yeah, not tell him is, to keep watching. This is where things kind of went off the rails. For the record. Um, I told him to watch part three, and he's like, I guess I'll watch the whole franchise. Yeah, then I watched part five, The Dream Child, which isn't even on the list. Uh, And then I watched part six, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Buddy, which cameo do you want to talk about? (laughs) I don't want to talk about these. You don't want to talk about them going to the abandoned city and then Roseanne and Tom Arnold coming up to him? Are you sure you don't? You don't want to talk about the flashback? We'll get to Tom Arnold later. Alice Cooper is Freddy's dad? Oh, that's the thing. It's like, I really, really like Alice Cooper. So I thought, oh, yeah, sure. He'll be really good in this. Alice Cooper might be the worst part of any Freddy movie. (laughs) He's genuinely dreadful. He's like lightly touching him with a belt. Like, come on, give him a couple smacks. He can take it. But, Way to uh, play your hand, but we'll get to the remake yeah. soon enough, buddy. Yeah, we. I'm. I'm gonna get there. Uh, anyway, part five. I have nothing really to say about part four. Uh, part five would have been a bad movie. However, it gets two extra full stars for Super Freddy. Let me cast your uh, mind here. Let me set the stage. One of the characters oh God, really likes comic books, so in his nightmare. I don't know. Apparently, there's Super Freddy, who's like a super... I paused my game so I could focus all my attention on Super Freddy. It's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. I was cackling like a hyena. It has to be seen to be believed. Similarly, uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare is a really, really bad movie. And I don't just mean like horror movie bad. I'm like, oh, this isn't like... This isn't good at all. Oh, you didn't like the Wizard of Oz parody at uh, the cold open, buddy? Jesus, there's, <laughs> movie there's a lot going on shit. there. That fucking... Ugh. However, it is so 100% worth it for the scene where Freddy plays a video game. <laughs> I'm laughing hysterically because he makes the same face while playing the video game that Shaq makes when he tastes spicy chicken. That, that little <laughs> sort of thing, which I can't help. the Kruger life. find his balls. <laughs> Speaking of, it's, it's just kind of Looney Tunes. Like, there are actual Looney Tunes sound effects. Why? That that shouldn't be there. 
uh, but there is a Looney Tunes moment that they addressed in the documentary that I laughed hysterically at. So there's like a, a plane about to land on a runway or something like that, final destination. And Freddy's like, oh, how do I take out this airplane? I have dream powers. I can do whatever I want. He pushes this thing of spikes onto the runway, and he's literally pushing it himself, putting his back into it like like he's Wiley Coyote. I, it's just a really, really funny visual. I, I, so the movie is actually worth watching for a couple of scenes, even though it is a bad movie. But I didn't watch New Nightmare, nothing interesting to say about that shit. Um, Almost two goddamn hours. Yeah, boy, that movie goes on. A lot of people say, a lot of people love it or hate it. I do not understand There's, how it's so many people's like, I don't have in the anything, top three. Yeah, I don't have I've tried multiple times. It bores the shit out of me. It's fine. Um, really so the most meta. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. created this awesome monster, and then they ruined it with sequels. Like, motherfucker, you made Shocker between them. <laughs> Suck my asshole. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll say this. It is a really good idea, and it is mostly really well executed, but you shouldn't spend the entire movie focusing on the stupid little kid. Focus on Freddy Krueger. He's interesting. We get to see so very little of him, and I, I think that sucks. It has a lot of good ideas that are done much better in Scream, so don't worry about it. That's yeah, fine. that's true. But I, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea, and on paper, it worked great. On film, your, your time's better spent elsewhere. Like with a better movie, Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, yes. Uh, Man, I have a lot is... of really positive things to say about this, uh, even though it is overall, yes, a very bad movie. But... This has uh, one of the better ideas for for Freddy Krueger, where oh the kids are forgetting about me and thus I'm losing my power. I I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know why the other movies never really address that. Uh, Jason finally has a character. Every single other movie, he's just a faceless, soulless automaton, a, a, just a golem marching forward with a stupid machete. And I hate the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I'll get to those in a second. But here, oh, you God. feel bad for him. <laughs> here, no. you feel, here you feel bad for him, and I. You know, that goes a long way. And, like, the scene where they start playing butt metal when, like, he's surrounded by fiery slams running through the window. That is a great scene. And <laughs> there are frosted tips in this movie, which already drives it oh, up a bit. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Your boy saw this in theaters. Trust me. I know. Oh, yeah. It is I, the most 2003 movie I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, but there is one pre-9-11 moment that really shouldn't have been in there. Oh, there sure is. Yeah. Why does she say that word? She drops that hard F bomb on him. For no the writer said immediately, was like, we didn't want that in there. We don't know why she did that. So I'm pretty sure she was just. She ad libbed calling him that, and they're like, let's just leave it in the movie, sure. Why not? It's just. Something really bugs me about it, too. Like, imagine. Just oh, fuck. That's that really funny, actually. Yeah. Now, what if fuck Kelly Rowland fucking improvised that? And it gets through all these phases. They're just like, yeah, no, keep it. It's good. Like, why wouldn't you? So, a lot of people were complaining that I that they didn't have Kane Hodder. I don't care. Yeah, I don't give Kane a Hodder shit. was in like three of them. Who cares? Oh, he I mean, I'm sure alive. he cares yeah, he a lot, but so, also I don't care. It's Freddy vs. Jason is a fun movie. There, there are a lot of very fun scenes in there, and uh, Freddy Krueger is kind of funny too. He calls him a mama's boy. That's funny. <laughs> is so, Freddy vs. Jason bad? Yes. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah. Then I watched. The 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Jesus wept. This movie I too sucks. Watched it for the first time. I've been avoiding it since it came out. I think what this one is like. It's nice where it's very clear what the worst one in the series is, and it's this one. Because it's, it's a shame they got the guy from Watchmen that I like so much. It was the guy who played Rorschach in, in Watchmen. I, uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie O'Haley, right? 
he is really good at this. He, the problem is that he's a little too good at this. He's a little too creepy looking. Robert England is a lot of fun to watch. Whenever he's on screen, even though he's doing all these terrible things, he's, boy, he's fun. You know, he's, he's enjoyable to watch. He's funny. He's having a good time. This guy, he's, he's not really scary. It's just kind of annoying, really, whenever he pops up. So they cut out all, like, the interesting, like, interplay with Robert England, and they replaced it with child molestation. Yes. Uh, of course. So, yes. Sometimes so they, the like lists half, bite you back. <laughs> halfway through the tease when flashbacks like Oh, that's I mean, thing. maybe they I mean there's no proof that he did. Like they were just a bunch of kids. Like, who fucking knows? Maybe they killed an innocent man. And then the reveal is Oh no, he actually hella molested all of them. Gotcha. So there's like no reason for it either. They so tripled down like, like, oh no, this dude definitely fucked kids. Don't you want to watch him say funny jokes? Like, not not in particular. Movie. See, that's like the thing. It's like, it's not a shot for shot remake of the first one. It's more like a beat for beat remake, but it removes the best beats and the, the beats that they keep are like changed around. Then they replace it with child molestation. I can't get in, behind that. In the first 15 minutes where they do the thing with him coming out of the wall and it's just the Dirt Wars 2010 CGI. Oh, right? Already yeah. out of the movie. Remember how cool that was back in 80? And like, and like my favorite thing about the eighty-two version. There's a lot of favorite things about it, but like, all those practical effects look really good. Remember, like that that fire scene where he's lit on fire. That's incredible. That guy earned an award for that. And then you got this, and they just do it all with CG. It's not scary because he's not, you know, he's not there. But like, it made it for the so. first hour. There's no quips, and then when you find out he definitely, certainly took those kids to his underground room and molested them, he's got quips for days, and they're all sexual. It's like, man. Your mom told you you were his favorite, and now he's got all these jokes. Like, I don't yeah. need this. Thanks <laughs> for nothing. And also, it's just the dingiest gunmetal gray. Oh, it looks black awful. Fu- looks like absolute dog shit. Yes. Yeah. Just, just minus five stars. Yeah. Throw it in the trash. I, I cannot stand it. I, I have like, no defense. I don't get mad about remakes on principle just because we're all going to die soon doesn't matter. I tried to get one with an open mind. That. I truly did, but. God Almighty! What an unpleasant movie. It's also not very interesting. Even the other ones were like the oh these stupid Dream Warriors characters in the Insane Asylum. They're interesting. I want to know more about them. Even the even the, like the stupid lines of dialogue. In my dreams, I'm beautiful and bad. That that's funny. You know, like it's like oh I like her with a stupid mohawk. This guy though, jeez. What I, if Rudy Mara just looked like she wanted to kill herself the entire movie, and also she, there were loud jump scares? She almost quit acting after this. Can't imagine why. Damn, she would have had to go back to her billionaire parents and not act anymore. <laughs> she got nominated for an Oscar after this. Give a shit. <laughs> People don't forget. Yeah, fuck the Giants. Anyway, a uh, little bit of a... Also, I watched a four and a half hour documentary on the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series in Jesus one sitting. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, why? Because it was really good. It it's was very good, actually but also after I found out he watched, I was like, "Yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth one is even longer," and then that sent him down a journey. Yeah, and I knew it would. Now here's the thing: is Parker <laughs> Parker knows that I've seen the first five Friday the Thirteenth movies and that I hate every single one of them, <laughs> but he also knows that I'm compulsive and that I can't I asked stop you myself. Ever so casually, like, hey, how many of those are on the list, man? Yeah, so <laughs> I watched all of them. I'm I watched such parts, a cool person. I watched in part five. Uh, he, Jason, does in fact get killed. Um, and actually, no, in part five he's already dead. In part four, oh. he is killed, and he is very clearly dead. Like, oh, you can't actually come back from that. Like, the machete goes through his brain and stuff. Like, okay, we know for sure he's dead. Part five, he's not even in it, right? Oh, God, I say part it's five has to lead up to 
one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Do you remember it? Fucking twist. (laughs) Do you remember it in part five when the fat oafish guy with the chocolate all over his face is bugging the guy who's chopping wood? He's like, "Hey man, how's it going?" And the guy just looks at him. It just buries the axe in him, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's fucked up." And it must be like a dream sequence, and it's just like smash cut to the coroner's taking that dead dude away. (laughs) Twenty minutes in, this fucking oaf with like stained chocolate. Chocolate just catches an axe in the face. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so here's the thing: is every single one of these movies is made for like five hundred thousand dollars and always takes in several million at the box office. This part five took in several billion, even though the fans were upset that Jason wasn't in. So they're like, "Oh, we'll bring him back somehow." Part six: How do you bring a man back from the dead? <laughs> I just remembered. So Tommy Jarvis is in there. He's like, "No, we have to dig up Jason's corpse to make sure he's dead." We know nice. he's dead. You saw him die, and they buried him. So there's no way he's getting out. Yeah, yeah so but like, what they, if? So they so they take him out of the grave. They see him there. Tommy Jarvis gets mad. He's like, "Oh, you killed those people." It was like, "Dude, you already got your revenge. You killed him." So he stabs him with like this iron pole that he finds in the graveyard. Bang, bang, bang! He stabs him. There's like this guy is very clearly dead. The corpse is desiccated. Lightning strikes the pole, which is inside the body, and because of the electricity, the Frankenstein effect, he is he is now alive again. Except this time, he's super Jason. So I'm good with that. Has, yeah, he has super strength, and it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. So now, this is the Jason that everyone knows and loves: is that he is effectively immortal and uh, cannot be stopped under any circumstance, and he goes around just killing people. This movie sucks. Then there's part seven: the new blood. You guys like <laughs> Harry? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Is Jack movie you saw 15 years ago? <laughs> Check this shit out. What if we put Carrie versus Jason? It sucks that much. Anyway, that's so... your pitch. Dear Lord. So I what... even feel bad for you. <laughs> so Reminder. then. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't force him to do this. I just I know. casually mentioned that they made a documentary. And, and now... it was five and a half hours. I'm like, oh, I want to see that because I'm fucking well, stupid. Well hey, man, all. here's some cocaine. You just do whatever you want with yeah, it. It's not no, my here's fault. Here's my man. thing. Is like, uh, like okay, so the Jason formula is getting kind of stale. What are those Camp Crystal like? What, what if people just didn't go to that uh, lake anymore? You know, that's, that's a good idea. What if we put Jason on a boat? We brought Jason over to uh, Manhattan. What if he took Manhattan? This is the... Well, this movie has some scenes. I'll say that. It has Kelly Hu, who I, uh, I happen to like. I think she's a good actress. We'll get Unfortunately, to her. She, she's also well-known for playing <laughs> Parker's favorite character in X-Men, Lady Deathstrike. Oh, that sounds thanks, not made dude. up. Yeah, the one who cracks her knuckles. That stupid fucking whatever. Anyway, I'm going to fact check you on that one. Uh, I'll take I looked it up. It. Uh, I think the, the best scene in the movie is where there's some guy who's like a boxer, right? He's like, oh, it's Jason. I, I know what I'll do. I will box him. So he is punching the shit out of Kane Hodder's torso and like actually punching him and his, blo- his knuckles are actually bloody. Because he says, come on, take your best shot, motherfucker. And Jason just punches his head off his body and it falls into a dumpster. It's the only reason <laughs> to watch any of that movie. Yeah. It's uh, quite good. Yeah, that's... Okay, it's also really bad. But oh no, the movie is absolute dog shit. We have to wonder. I have been asked several times. Many people are asking me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Do they serve beer in hell? <laughs> We're going to find out because Jason does in fact go to hell. And you know what? <laughs> there is no beer in this movie. There were several in oh, my hand. Glad we cleared that up. Yeah, there is no beer in hell. Uh, yet. I mean, we could open up a bar there. 
Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, this begins actually kind of incredibly with Jason getting blown the fuck up. His body <laughs> burst into smithereens. And, then, and a bunch of FBI guys are high-fiving each other. And they're just like, yeah, great shot, guys. We blew up Jason. But there goes that problem. His heart's still beating because he's immortal. Anyway... They take his heart, and his heart infects other people, so they have the Jason curse, so they go around killing people. <laughs> the nice. first 15 minutes, that quarter eats Jason's heart. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah, and by real good, it's real bad. Uh, no, the movie's also movie. dog shit. Yeah. But also, that was on, like, basic cable when I was a kid. I was like, oh, wow, a Jason movie. And then that dude just eats a heart, and, like, there's a weird lion roar playing in the background. It's, it's a lot. Now, there is a problem here. Uh, I mentioned I kind of like Freddy vs. Jason. There's, like, it's bad and good, but now we get on to the only Friday the 13th movie that I don't hate. And, Parker, you were right. Uh, This is easily the most interesting and probably easily the best. I can't believe I'm saying this. Jason X. Hell yeah. This is so good. (laughs) It's real good. This movie actually kind of kicks ass. Uh... It's interesting. The quips are actually kind of funny sometimes. Like the, I, I like the characters. I want to know more about them. It, the story is kind of interesting, and it, it just sort of works. It's a very good what if. There's a really good uh, like the Camp Crystal Lake VR scene at the end. That was really funny because they it's play it the sequence. right way. Where it's like he they put some both in like sleeping bags. He's hitting one with the other. I don't know why, but it sort of played as like a gag. You know. <laughs> It's a very good gag. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know why. It's just really funny. And then you get Super Jason or whatever Omega Jason, I guess. It's like Ridley. Um, it's you know what that movie's just fine. I can't believe that that is the one that's the least appreciated, and it's not even on the list. So it I watch it for my own enjoyment. My I'm very happy about it. It's so fucking good. That's actually kind of a good sci-fi movie. It's a hell of a lot better than Doom. It's better than Event Horizon. I'm damning with faint praise here, but still. And then there is only one more left to watch. The 2009 remake. It's funny, because the remake is bad, but also it's like easily in the top half of the series. I, I <laughs> called it an above-average Friday the 13th movie. This was meant to insult everyone who likes the series. I want to make this absolutely clear. If you guys like Friday the 13th, if anyone's listening to this and like, oh, I kind of like Friday the 13th, you've got bad taste in movies. That's the nicest way I can possibly put it. This movie is dreadful. Well, this whole now that you're an expert. I, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> that's the thing, you know. Hardcore fan over here. Uh, this new version, su- oh god, that prologue scene goes on forever. Then the title just pops out of nowhere, thirty minutes into the movie. Why? It's that's not much of an exaggeration, honestly. They have that shit ass guy from uh, Supernatural. That can be anyone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, they have, the, you know, every single Friday the Thirteenth movie has like one douchebag who has to be killed off. This is the world's biggest fucking cock I've ever seen. What is, is this guy's deal? It is incredible. <laughs> he is so bad at everything. But he's also said the words, uh, baby, you got perfect nipple placement. <laughs> so. <laughs> the movie's real good because, in case you forget, like, oh yeah, it's Platinum Dooms. It's Michael Bay's company. Every woman has the biggest, dumbest, fakest tits in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, don't even fucking try. They don't it's care. really fucking stupid, big tits. Dead eyed CW kids and. Big fake tits. It's, yeah, it's oh, it's some oh my god! What was with the the black guy in the cabin who wanted to jerk off to the catalog? Same, but with Jason growing weed in Mexico and uh, killing people. <laughs> 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 See, my biggest problem with that scene is like 
I think that was really sexist. Most of the time when I see a sex scene in a movie, uh, I've heard people say, oh, it's sexist. I'm like, well, it's a, se- it's a guy and a girl. You know, it's not that bad. He is about ready to just beat off to a woman who is fully clothed in a catalog. And I was like, boy, no wonder women hate men. <laughs> like, it, it's honestly, that was like the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> you know he had to do it to him. <laughs> I think he does that when he like someone walks in. He has to quickly hide the uh, magazine. He quickly puts his hands over in the same position. So uh, do not ever watch any of those movies. But then I watched the five and a half hour documentary on all of them in one sitting. I have not watched this. <laughs> it's actually all right. Um, there are some good scenes. Uh, it's I I actually kind of like these documentaries. I don't know. Uh, it's you can see everyone was passionate. The only problem is that no one ever admitted, "Wow, that movie really sucked." So, oh no, they never will. Yeah, that's that's a shame. Yeah, it's got a lot of fans. Like, all right. Now, uh, try to go as quickly as I can. Uh, some of these aren't really worth talking about. I watched The Mummy's Hand. Finally, a mummy movie that takes place in Egypt. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I've seen so many of these where they take place in fucking Louisiana. Now I'm just curious, though. Like, you really like these documentaries. Are you going to watch their other work? Which is, of course, The Haunting of Sharon Tate. <laughs> I can safely say that I will not. <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> the Mummy's Hand. Uh, I had a joke about this. I think I texted it to you. I don't remember what it was, but uh, the Mummy's Hand is not very good. Uh, oh, never mind. It was that SpongeBob thing. The Mummy's Hand. The Mummy's that Hand. Checks. The that Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's all right because uh, that one seems like really really similar to the brendan fraser movie because i was like wait that's just like what they did over there so if you want to watch like a black and white version of the brendan fraser movie check yourself I don't. what are you doing so <laughs> then i watched uh oh an alfred hitchcock movie the lodger a story of the london fog it's actually pretty good so uh it's a silent movie just a warning it's it's all right then i watched Hitchcock movies good you don't say yeah, yeah i know <laughs> uh the student of prague 1913 that movie sucks uh, then I watched a, a really, really good movie. Uh, it's called The Leopard Man. Uh, this is by Jacques Tourneur. And I, I I think this movie's actually really, really good. It's a suspense tale. Uh, there's It's like a leopard, uh, or maybe it's more like a panther. Um, I, I'm not really sure. It escapes, and it goes around, and it kills people. But you're not sure if it's doing yeah, the... You're not sure if that's the one that's doing the killing. It might be a man who's impersonating a leopard. Or what if they're... <laughs> okay, this is getting better and better. Yeah, man. It's 1943, so it's black and white, but I actually kind of really love this movie. So give this one a shot. Then I... Oh, jeez. Then I watched A Bucket of Blood by uh, Roger Corman, starring lead role Dick Miller. This movie's actually really fucking good, uh, considering it's made for about 50 bucks in three days. Dick Miller is 31, uh, playing a 17-year-old. Looks like he's 45. Uh, half the movie is making fun of beatniks, and the other half of the movie is uh, surprisingly grisly uh, humor. It's, there's a scene where he stabs a cat, and it's actually really funny, because it's entirely by accident, but it's played in an almost slapstick sort of way, like, ah, oh, jeez, I can't believe I did that. And it's, I don't know why, but it's really funny, and, like, it keeps Oh, this increasing. movie ripped off Boondock Saints. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. This one in 1959. This, actually, I gotta admit, this is probably Roger Corman's best work. I, I actually like it. Then there's a movie, uh, Parker, I think I told you about, it's really good, called Tetsuo. This oh, yeah. movie will fuck you up. It is absolutely fucked up. I think it was a, I think it came out like a year after Akira, but it's very similar to it. Um, Tetsuo is 
fantastic. It is very, very scary, and uh, it, it it just works. Uh, very fast-paced, very frenetic, very confusing, but still, like, engrossing in a way. So uh, I could definitely sign off on that one. Not of this earth, boring. Um, King of the Zombies, racist. House of Dracula, boring. Ghost of Frankenstein, boring. Blood Feast from 1963. Parker. Which one is this? This is perhaps the bloodiest movie to ever come out of the 60s. This has so much blood. It's a, not a good movie at all. It's like very bad acting, very clearly made in three days. This was revolutionary. Blood Feast, uh, aka Egyptian Blood Feast. Poor. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, oh, yeah. What do you say that? There's a lot going on. Covered there. in blood and gore. Holy shit! I didn't. Yeah. It's it's revolutionary. This is the movie where uh, the MPA was like, yeah, go ahead, whatever, just do it. And people were like, okay, fine. And it made a ton of money. Uh, finally, uh, almost finally, uh, penultimately, uh, I watched 1920s The Golem. Uh, this movie's actually really good. If you're going to watch it, it's a silent movie. Watch the one that's on SIG because it has the uh, soundtrack is done by a guy named Black Francis, who is the pseudonym uh, of the guy, uh, the lead singer of the Pixies. Uh, Parker, yes, make, the, make a witch joke. joke. <laughs> make the witch joke. <laughs> Quickly, let's save us from the racism. <laughs> Come on. Well, I can't. <laughs> All right, so fifty minutes into this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't make a witch joke on call. All right, that's fine. Uh, Parker and I together watched oh, fuck, a I movie. Forgot. Yeah, it's um, something some people have heard of, and uh, we decided we needed to have a very important, mature, reasoned, uh, conscionable discussion about this. I'm going to cue up the uh, the debate music for us. <clears throat> We watched Cannibal Holocaust. Now, thanks again, man. <laughs> what do you mean, thanks? Again? I didn't tell you to watch it. Uh, this, I was gonna have to watch it eventually. What am I gonna watch it six months yeah. from now? I go, hey, remember that movie? That's, That's pretty fucked up, uh, right? This is a good point. Now, Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> has largely received <laughs> a reputation this. for being somewhat grisly. It was labeled a video nasty, and uh, like, I can take it. You know, I, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Three rape scenes. Uh, so, as it turns out, uh, there are other reasons that this movie is infamous. Apparently, uh, the director was brought up on charges that all the actors were murdered. No, it was a publicity stunt. Uh, my reasoning, the uh, director should have been held and tried for murder of those animals. This is the closest a movie has come to turning me into a vegetarian. Um, there is a point to this movie. Parker, do not reveal the final line. I get to tell him. I won't. Yeah. Uh, the idea of Cannibal Holocaust is a bunch of shit-ass film students go to uh, this cannibal island or something, and uh, they get to film a documentary on these people, and as it turns out, the film is structured kind of weird, as it turns out, it's really the film students who are the assholes. They're going around, they're destroying the ecosystem, literally raping their women, and literally killing and eating their uh, animals and destroying their homes and stuff like that, and they are suddenly surprised when the tribe gets mad and decides to kill and eat them. So, uh, here's my thing. So it's like Grizzly Man. Uh, no, here's... <laughs> Into the Grizzly base. <laughs> here's the thing, and this is the weirdest thing of all, And but this is true, everyone else will back me up on this. Uh, Kenwell Holocaust makes a number of points and in fact makes those points really well the idea that we shouldn't go into indigenous places and just rape the ecosystem you know 
and maybe maybe it's not right to kill these animals and eat them. Like, I mean, how who are we to just stomp through their home and just like tear save up their the frames, guys? But exactly, you know, we have to. I mean, got a time going on here. It's a, it's a race, damn it. But here's the thing: if you're gonna make that point, you don't also get to kill the animals because literally that's what they do. There are at least what four or five marker uh, animal deaths in the movie that are real, and they show you the actual death of the animals. And there's no reason for that. The first one is the disemboweling of the turtle that everyone knows. Why the fuck Dude, did I say all that? So, <laughs> he, he texted me about the, the turtle, turtle club. and I texted him, oh, I guess he wasn't turtle enough. And then Chris responded, <laughs> oh, you haven't gotten to it yet, huh? They go around <laughs> that turtle's insides for what feels like 45 minutes. And to, Jesus. And you, you one know, of the most upsetting things I've ever seen in Just my life. a few more seconds, Arnold and his grandmother would have got him into the ocean where he belonged. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, so, <laughs> so are you saying you also had a hankering for some turtle soup? <laughs> Come on, Jaws. So here's my thing. is like, <laughs> that's bad enough. But then there is a scene where there's a big old, it must be like a tarantula on that woman's shoulder, right? They flick it, they're laughing at her, being scared of the spider. Real funny. They flick off the spider and then they smack it in half with a machete. Why? Well, they got that rid of that anaconda. was not harming anyone. <laughs> fucking bugs me and then we have i think at some point they killed a Dude, snake the or something very first death is that little possum and you're like oh cool i wanted to hear his death screeches oh okay, thanks that movie too. but then there's the one that i don't know why it really bugged me is that pig where they shoot oh, and my. kill a pig Dude, at point blank he range. fucking kicks that pig like twice i was very upset he kicks a pig and then he shoots it point blank in the head you want to know a story that's going to hurt you even more so no. here's the thing. The lead actor, the one who does that, he really didn't want to do that scene. Why? Well, morals. And he has a soul. But one of the reasons is they had to get to that island in a boat every day, right, for filming. He had to ride in that boat with the pig on the way over. No. Right? What, no. The, what the fuck? Uh. So here's the thing. Next time, turn your gun on the fucking director. All right? I'm just... Fuck that guy. And again, that this movie came real close. I saw Food, Inc. that didn't turn me into a vegetarian. <laughs> This, this came really fucking close, because, again, it makes a really good point, but then he's actually killing the animals. Here's another example, right? So uh, we, should, we shouldn't mess with other people's land, because that's where the homes are, right? So at one point, the, the, uh, the film crew is, like, keeping the natives inside their huts, and he's setting them on fire and stuff like that, because it'll be really good film, right? No, that's literally the director. He's literally doing that. He's suffocating people to death, because he wants to make Cannibal Holocaust. That's not funny. It's not cool. It's not, it's not good film, either. I mean, the... Th Somehow the three rape scenes, two of which are gang rape scenes, sort of pale in comparison. Um, like, literally, if this movie just had fake deaths like that, it would be a hundred times better, and I would probably watch it again. Honestly, if the if the animal deaths were CGI, this would be a good movie. It would make a good point about stuff, and it would be like, oh, I can see the reason why. Except I've spent for... a lifetime of laughing at people. Like, dude, that movie's real, but you look at this like... It looks so incredibly raw and real. Like, I'm expecting a bunch of greasy Italians in loincloths and like very racist makeup <laughs> well, on. It turns looks out, yeah, these very people are legitimate. Real. Like, and, and like, the other thing about it is that that really gets me is uh, ordinarily I would not like the point that it makes because a lot of it is sort of pandering. It's just it's, it's stuff that which should be obvious. Like, you know, don't go into the woods and like bug other people sort of stuff. And look at the world today. Yeah, good thing uh, we learned our yeah, lessons. Yeah, exactly. But then we have the final line. Alex, 
I want you to guess what the final line of Cannibal Holocaust is. So I'm assuming this is after they finally catch up with Arnold's grease pig and yes. they decide that the guys dressed up like the British can't kill it, right? Correct, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I actually got nothing. Uh, just lay it on me. I wonder who the real cannibals are. <sighs> it is the worst it, like any goodwill one. like that I'd been able to muster up outside of the awful shit. It's just me like, okay, fuck this. Parker texts me in all caps, fuck you, that can't be the final line. It is unquestionably the worst final line perhaps in history. Now, Chris, I have to throw you under the bus here. Oh, I apologize oh, now. No. So, I will give you, I will preface this by saying, you were playing games heavily while watching this, because why would you just stare oh, at animal murder? Yeah. So, you text me, he's like, are you at the sex scene? I'm not sure if it was a rape scene. I get to said scene where the woman is dragged out of a boat, tied to a stump, and forcibly raped with a blood now, object. Here's my, here's my thing. Christopher. <laughs> I, I glanced Christopher. over at the screen, and I saw a man between a woman's legs and went, Ew, yuck! And I went back to Crash Shut Team Racing. One stick up her vagina and then beats her to death. Like, I definitely did not see that. I can safely say I did not see that. And I watched I it on cut, so I wasn't paying attention. A lot of things. Yeah, you were watching it there with a the whole family. Like, sure. even if you had literally just one animal, like, <laughs> sorry, but this spider's getting murked. Like, this movie's just as effective. Like, you absolutely do not need any of it. Just make it CGI. Or just make it in modern times, like Green Inferno. Or, or just that make it the idea. Fucking you know? Green Inferno owns because this is, like, clearly one of Eli Ross' favorite movies. And even with an ending line of. I wonder who the real cannibals are. He still completely misses the point. I'm sure Eli Roth <laughs> likes this movie. This seems like a type of movie that Eli Roth would like. Fuck that guy. I hope he gets hit by a bus. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> All right. Um, we're almost an hour in. Do you guys want to open your presents now or later? I want to open my presents. I love Give me presents. A present. <laughs> I love gifts. Well, as as you guys know, well, I mean, not the listeners. This probably won't be up for a while. Yeah. But, uh, T- tomorrow is the 4th of July. So, so Parker, I got you some movies about your favorite country, America. <laughs> and by movies, on, I mean, it. Say it. you're going to be watching The Wall with John Cena, and also the 9-11 episode of The West Wing. <laughs> all in all, you're just another brick in the wall. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd say 13 hours, but I'm also not upset. <laughs> 13 hours is like three of those 13 hours like i wasn't gonna do that to you when okay, i was also okay. gonna give you the 9-11 episode of the west wing which i decided like two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> you've been sitting on this one huh <laughs> i oh. was just thinking about it again because i haven't seen it in a while <laughs> so i went back and watched it it's really real good oh fantastic so <laughs> just and like i know that you've never seen the actual show and so you'll just have no context of these just fucking people like oh brown man you must be the bad man I'm sorry. Oh. You're actually the good man. I guess we all should just learn a lesson from this. Oh, it's, God damn it! It's it's actually real, real good. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like they recorded this special episode like outside of like in between seasons one and two because they're like, well, we're a political show. I guess we have to deal with nine eleven, but our season doesn't start till November, and then they just aired it. <laughs> like by itself, it's like a fucking PSA. It's incredible. A very special episode. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, I uh, I got just you some movies relevant to your interests too. Oh, oh God! <laughs> so I know you love Dad Rock. Yes. So you're gonna watch Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yes. 
<laughs> if you need help finding this, just let me know because my dad owns it on VHS. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. And I've got one other movie that I figured was perfect for you when I heard about it. Okay. Now, are you familiar with the movie Tiptoes? No. <laughs> I am. Is, is that the movie? So, so Tiptoes is, you know, a normal early 2000s comedy about a love triangle between Matthew McConaughey, his brother Gary Oldman, and Kate Beckinsale. But there's a catch. Because you see... Gary Oldman is playing a little person by walking around on his knees. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, thank I'm you so, so happy much. For you right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when I found out this movie existed, I deliberated for days over which of you should get the privilege of watching it from my content bank. Oh god. <laughs> The fucking nerve of this movie that has, like, actual little people in it to also have Gary Oldman with his pants hiked <laughs> up to his chest. Just walking I around. I hope I can see knees. his feet trailing behind him. <laughs> please, please report back with this one. I'm very excited. I will do that. I promise you. I've, I've written them down. I, I, I know. I know you're not going to forget about either of those. All right, so let's get into what I watched. I'll try to keep this as brief as I can, mercifully. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing I watched in this period is a little movie called The Vanishing. Uh, this movie came out in 2018, and it stars Gerard Butler and some British and Swedish dudes. Uh, so just for context here, uh, this is based on a true story about some lighthouse keepers that were on this island in the early 1900s. Uh, they were the only three inhabitants of the island while they were watching this lighthouse. Their relief their relief crew came, like, a couple days later and found out that they had vanished without a trace. Um, the, everybody nearby, like, reported there were no, like, storms or anything that happened during this time period. Uh, like I said, the island was deserted except for the lighthouse and, like, a spooky old 13th century church. So it's been like this big mystery, like nobody knows what happened to these guys. So this movie tries to tries to tackle it in its own way. And it does like a pretty good job of like setting up the mood. Like uh there's like a scene where there's just all these dead birds, like a body washes up on the beach. There's some spooky shit going on. Like they keep getting exposed to mercury and you wonder if it's like making them crazy or anything. And then it turns out it's just pirates. <laughs> so kind of a letdown. That's nice. That's well <laughs> that's not to say this movie is bad though like this movie has extreme dad energy like this is the kind of movie that like your dad would see like flipping channels one day and stop because he recognizes Gerard Butler and then tell you like two days later like you know I watched this lighthouse movie the other day it was pretty good it's kind of the guy from 300 just, in it yeah it's like it's like <laughs> like very heavy on like the male bonding and the good pugilism and you know like yeah it's like honestly it's like a pretty good movie but you can't just set me up with that premise and give me a bunch of dead birds and a dead body and shit washing up on the beach and then just give me, like, oh, actually, these Swedish guys just want their gold back. Now I'm thinking about that Tom Green episode where he chased around that woman with a dead bird saying she dropped it back there and goes to the <laughs> bank and makes her hold it. <laughs> Look, she's got a dead bird! <laughs> Sorry. God damn what it. Did you watch? Wrong with your... We have a long way to go <laughs> <laughs> all right so as many of you listener will know by now we have uh 
We've spent a lot of time talking about the the IMDb page of the guy that directed Cradle to the Grave, uh, <laughs> Exit Wounds, Romeo Must Die, Doom, and Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, and nothing else. Well, it turns out he actually directed one more movie. It came out in 2017. It's called Maximum Impact. Oh my goodness! Here we go, buddy. <laughs> so this movie's cast. If you want to just think about the cast of uh, Cradle to the Grave, but take out, like, anyone who's a name. So, like, you leave, like, the bad guy from John Wick 3, and Kelly Hu, and Bai Ling, and Tom Arnold, and you add some Russian dudes? That's, that's what we're working with here. All right. So, basically, the premise of this movie is there's this meeting between the American and Russian secretaries of state, and it's, like, this dual national security where like there's people on both sides working together to try to protect them and then shit goes wrong as you can expect now let me start with the bad which is to say everything oh <laughs> this it's just this movie is just like off-color slightly racist dad joke after off-color slightly racist dad joke i mean um it's maybe the only movie ever put on film where you can say you know what? Tom Arnold was really misutilized in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, every time he's on screen, it's just a joke about how he's old and has to pee. And, like, I'm oh, not exaggerating. When did like, this movie come out? Of his lines are, 2017, buddy. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, he, this dude hadn't worked in, like, a decade and then made this. Uh, the, one, the one thing, like, this... This movie tries for a lot of jokes, like a lot of jokes, and like zero of them land. The one that actually made me laugh is the one time Tom Arnold isn't making a <laughs> joke. They have to distract these Russians, and Tom Arnold's like, don't worry, don't worry, you guys go through the door, I've got this. He walks up to these two Russian guards and goes, hey guys, have you guys ever heard of a one-eared elephant? And they're like, no, no, what's that? So he pulls one of his pockets out, and then the camera pans away as you hear him unzip his pants, and the Russian guys start laughing. <laughs> really good it's colossally stupid but i laughed really hard whoa now, this cast list buddy <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> the russian lead in this movie is just this absolutely hulked out charisma void of a former miss universe mr universe whatever you know what i mean um and this leads me to the best part of this movie which is so this guy starts out as like the office tech for this other guy this guy, Andre Durov, he's like this legendary, like, operative. He goes, he breaks up all these things. We see this guy for the first time, and he is a dead ringer for a bald version of our good friend Cam. <laughs> he is just, he is this, this tiny man. He, like, facially looks just like him. Like, part of one of the big, like, plot points of this movie is, like, this guy who's, like, this legendary agent gets bonked on the head and has concussion, so he's confined to desk duty. So his, uh, his desk operator, who's the big hulked-out Russian dude, has to switch places with him. So their code names normally, uh, <laughs> the little dude is Papa Bear, and the big dude is Baby Bear. <laughs> so <laughs> there's just this absolutely massive roided-out Russian dude calling our good friend Big Cam Papa Bear the whole movie. <laughs> And I laughed about it, like, every single time it happened. Oh, one more thing. So the bad guys in this movie are doing generic bad guy plot. They fail at their first attempt. So their shadowy boss Skypes them in the back of a car to, you know, be like, what the fuck, what'd you guys do wrong? They get this call, they answer it, and who do we see but one Billy Baldwin? 
<laughs> Leader oh. of a shadow organization. <laughs> you absolutely hate to see it. This movie is absolutely hot trash, but you needed to know it existed. Like, Thank I you. That. I appreciate it's, it. I, ugh, just please do, don't. <laughs> I watch the first. Watch the first five minutes. Go. <laughs> that guy does look just like Cam, and they're calling him Papa Bear. I am considering. You're good. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Double Shot of Love. Oh. I think it's time for some going It going. is, yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, we were getting down to the wire when we last checked. Um, it started to get a lot more dating showy and a lot less dipshit challengey. Although, they did bring back uh, Snooki and Wow and Ronnie for assorted cameos. Parker, have you seen Ronnie's new teeth? What? <laughs> He looks like a ghoul. It is absolutely horrifying. <laughs> you will appreciate it. Oh, and auto-corrected to Ronnie T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? Because he's so tan, and they're so white. It I is, hate this. It is <laughs> very, oh, God, I hate this. very unsettling. Now, they, they winnowed things down to the last couple girls for each one. Vinny has a choice between all of these, like, very attractive, very stable, very down-to-earth normal girls. And Polly has a choice between all of these batshit crazy women that have all fallen in love with him. They get down to their final two each. And you're sitting there like, wow, Vinny would be happy with any of these people. And Polly would be happy with none of them. Because his last two are the girl who crawled around on the floor like a cat in the first episode. And the girl that under lie detector test said... Yeah, I'm ready to have his babies after six weeks. <laughs> so, you know, just some real winners. So, Vinny makes his pick. They seem real happy. We go to Polly in the elimination ceremony. He sends the cat girl home. The other girl, who is wildly in love with him, is elated. And it's like, oh my god, I won. This is so great. This is so great. And then he goes, actually, I'm riding solo. I'm sending you home, too. <laughs> Got him. He just called an audible when actually the show didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I had to watch the reunion show after, because the reunion shows for this these things are always fire. We get to the reunion show. The host is like, so, Vinny, you know, because, like, the way the show aired and all, like, you haven't been able to see the girl you picked for, like, a couple months now, so we're going to bring her out, and you guys are going to get to hang out in, like, person for the first time. That's so cool. Everybody's happy. All the girls are cheering and smiling. They come out, and so the host is asking him, like, so how are things with you guys? And she just goes, yeah, after, like, three weeks, he just kind of stopped texting me. I'm over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Double shot of love, everybody. <sighs> what a journey we've been on, guys. Yeah, I think we've it's... learned a lot about ourselves. <laughs> And the bear, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and then, maybe Ronnie's <laughs> teeth knows more about us than we <laughs> The very end of uh, the reunion show was a special sneak preview of the new season of Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Which is just everyone but Mike standing outside of the courthouse wearing funeral clothes talking about how they're going to miss him and how bad he's going to be in jail. And that's it. Right, well, that might be a new segment. When that starts. <laughs> it starts off in like a week and a half. Like, um, I'm real hype. What? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God. it's it's almost back, dude. Oh, Don't buddy. <laughs> Congratulations to all the normies out there. Jesus. Thank you. So, I know you guys will find this hard to believe, but 
someone finally made a good Sherlock Holmes TV show. Oh? Yeah, it was Japan. Oh. That checks out. And get this. Sherlock Holmes is a girl. <gasps> Oof, cover your ears. Oh. Fucking liberal. <laughs> Sick of it. So, so Miss Sherlock is actually, like, really, really good. It gives me like super extreme x-files vibes in the sense that like it has like a really good cast with great chemistry it's monster of the week but there's also like this overarching like shadow organization plot that like you uncover bit by bit of each week like it's it's very cutesy in the way that japanese shows are like um like so all like the main characters are all female right um miss sherlock's sidekick is wado tachibana or with honorific, Wado-san. <laughs> like, it's, it's cute. Like, it's, I want to do the noodles, Eddie. <laughs> I, I started watching this on the plane and ended up just binging through all of it. Like, I had an absolute blast with this. It's like 80 episodes. If you're into, like, the whole mystery show thing and you can still make subtitles, it's real, real good. It actually like, sounds I, pretty good. This it's called Miss Sherlock this, or something? Miss Sherlock, yeah. It's distributed through HBO, so like if you have HBO Go or something, it's all on there. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, it. I. I I'm excited. I cannot recommend this enough. Oh, right. uh, you tell you what, Speaking, I'm gonna recommend that. I, I, I could use it. You would like that, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to break uh, break away from the list, but it's it's so difficult. <laughs> the list it consumes you. No, it's you. not. No, you don't understand. <laughs> no, it's not. Just my, go outside. You don't understand how my fucking broken brain works. Don't I, Chris? Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the reason I didn't watch on the Friday the Thirteenth is because I already had. Do you think I don't understand? Uh, I woke up. I was talking in a southern accent. I wanted to play some Halo. It's God, I'm so, I'm uh, so glad that I am the most normal on person on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I love my Boston sports teams. Do y'all ever see Ghoulies go to college? that scene in North where they're all singing about how big Texas is. That's your life. <laughs> Just texting your sister. Like, hey, what are you coming over? Hey, you ever seen Critters 2? <laughs> it doesn't get a lot of credit, but it's pretty good. Solid. Solid entry. Speaking of shows that are real, real good and get a solid two thumbs up. So what we do in the shadows is incredible. Oh, it's so funny. That's what I've heard, yeah. I... <laughs> when he wins the, the single combat with the werewolf by throwing a chew toy off the side of a building <laughs> I laughed harder than I've laughed at anything in a long time did like, you finish it? yeah oh we oh. Fi- we finished it in like a day like, buddy the fucking episode with all the cameos oh it's so good it's my so god good. I didn't want to ruin it but I knew there'd be one you'd be so happy <laughs> It was funny, because, like, that was the last one we watched before bed that night, so we watched it at, like, three in the morning, and she was, like, half asleep and, like, couldn't figure out who anyone was. She's like, I know that person, but my brain doesn't work right now, while I'm just (laughs) sitting there laughing uncontrollably. So, so good. That show is incredible. I'm so ready for more of that. Like, I could watch another 50 episodes of that right now. Like, I was skeptical of, like, I really like the movie, but this... Like, who are these all different people? Now it turns out it's, like, the funniest thing I've seen all year. <laughs> Everything that Colin Robinson does is my favorite thing. <laughs> just the idea of the vampire that just preys on your happiness until you're bored <laughs> and die. 
I like the last episode <laughs> when Guillermo gets them all the uh, the DNA tests. <laughs> he, he opens his envelope unprompted and goes, "I bet mine's gonna say I'm a hundred percent white." No, oh, come on, man. White's not a race. Like you can't be. White. Nope. Here it is. Hundred percent white. <laughs> it crushed me. It's the small jokes in that show. Like every time the one guy transforms, he just yells. And then flies <laughs> off every single time. I was really happy when I realized that the girl from Ladybird wasn't going to be a one-off cameo, and was like actually uh, in the entire season. She's so fucking good. She's incredible. Just like, the routine check-ins on her slowly dying as she transforms. <laughs> I do love me a good well-placed vomit joke. <laughs> fucking Doug Jones and all that latex vomiting through the sky. <laughs> That show is so fucking good. <laughs> when they go to the vampire club and the guy's fucking vampire posse is being introduced. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it goes on for like two and a half minutes. And it just each one is progressively more funny than the last. <laughs> I think the movie has my favorite vampire joke ever of them going out to clubs and trying to trick the bouncer to invite them in so they can yeah. go inside. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like, there were a lot of gags in the show that were also in the movie that you could tell. They're just like, we're just going to borrow this entire episode from, like, this ten minutes of the movie. And I'm fine with it, because I was happy to see it a second time. Yeah, like, when it works, it works. Yeah, yeah, you just stick with what you know. <laughs> Parker, <laughs> Parker, have you taken my recommendation on your trash reality TV binge and watched any Below Deck? I have not. It's been a... We were all over the place this week. I watched a lot of cable TV, but anytime I turned on like MTV, it was ridiculousness, and I was very upset. That's unfortunate. You should find some time to watch some Below Deck, because Below Deck's real good. I'm not going to talk a bunch about it, but the premise is like, it's these people that sign on for a season of this charter boat, and every episode, there's just some random douchebag rich person and their friends that come on the boat. And they just ask for increasingly stupid things, and things go wrong, and then the people leave, and then all of the crew members get drunk and fuck each other. Like, Ooh. it's... Right, we're talking. It's... it's As far as reality TV goes, it's, like... It's top tier. You should find some time. Will do. So, when I was overseas, we, uh... We took a trip one day and went to the, the local science center. You know, they have one of those uh, one of those theaters that shows, like, nature documentaries, you know, that's in, like, one of those big bubble theaters, like a planetarium turn on its side. You guys know what I mean, right? You've been to one of those? Yeah, or yeah, at yeah, least yeah. know what they are. So we got there, and the movie they were showing that day was about, like, these grizzly bears and, like, how their habitat was changing <laughs> oh, and stuff. No. I'm like, cool, topical content. Let's go. Now, if I told you there was this, like, super elaborately filmed nature documentary about bears and it was narrated by a famous hollywood actor how many guesses would it take you before you said ryan reynolds wait what oh my goodness really so no, i was i'm sitting there like i see his name come up i'm like that's weird like my brain's churning i'm like you know these like this is all shot in canada getting their native son that makes a lot of sense like like that's cool that you know he's willing to do this like for his country and they went and got out like a countryman to do this and then the quip started Oh no! I I didn't need to hear about how this bear shedding was like his mother-in-law. But yet oh. there he is doing Deadpool voice over this bear movie. Oh man, I someone just... who liked both Deadpools—that sounds yeah. like a movie nightmare. Ah, uh, it was it was rough. Yeah. I mean, like 
the bear footage was really cool. I mean, you you skip. You know how I feel about bears. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Yogi Bear? I did not see any Yogi I'm Bear. Missing unfortunately. out. It came out the same year. So the first thing I, when I typed in Bear 2010, <laughs> I saw like a <laughs> for Yogi Bear. It would have been a real power move if you actually watched that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you were specific. It has great yeah. things coming bears. <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember the tagline? Because <laughs> it says great things come in bears. And nice. the picture was just a bear behind another bear. I was, I was like, when did that come out? 2010? Yeah, it was yeah. 2010. I was yeah. old enough to think that was hilarious. I'm sorry. I, I still am old enough to think that's hilarious. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> so, you guys will find this hard to believe, but... uh the Master of Disguise was nowhere near the worst kids movie I watched over these past couple weeks. Uh, not even close. So this could be a, for a little bat- me, but that's fine. For, I've I've actually been really excited to talk about this one for a while now. I've been holding this in. So just a little backstory here to preface. Um, my girlfriend was really excited about seeing this movie that was coming out she kept referring to it as the corgi movie so i was like okay like it's one of these you know one of these dog movies that's coming out i can't tell like beverly hills chihuahua or something yeah i don't know if it's secret life of pets or a dog's journey or like i I, I don't know like i'm like i have no idea what she's talking about i'm just like yeah sure we can see that (laughs) last time we went to the movies i made you watch aquaman so like it's (laughs) i think she's earned a choice there yeah yeah of course i'm like i'm like whatever you want is fine like whatever is totally cool i'm totally okay with this so i get there and i'm like so what is this movie like what are we what are we gonna see and she's like oh it's this movie called the queen's corgi it's like this cute little animated movie about corgis like i've been really excited to see it i'm like huh i've never heard of that that's really weird like why would this movie that's in theaters in singapore like why would i not have heard of this why would like these animated movies are like hotcakes like little kids will see fucking anything and it's in english so like what's what's the issue here why isn't this released let me take you on a journey. <laughs> so ready. This is one of the most dire things I've ever experienced. <laughs> okay, so it starts off, the first, like, five minutes or so is just, like, these little animated corgis in the royal palace in England just, like, playing with each other, like, hopping around. There's this new puppy. The queen loves it a lot. There's no dialogue. So I'm like, hmm, maybe this movie is just going to be, like, CGI dogs playing with each other, and it'll be totally tolerable, and I won't want to shoot myself after 80 minutes. Like, this is fine. I can work with this. Then the dialogue starts. It's like, okay, fine, you know, set my hopes a little high. Turns out uh, the queen has to start preparing the, uh, the, the palace, the royal palace, for a, uh, a state visit. Would you guys like to guess what world leader was coming to the royal palace? Is, uh, wait, 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 let me guess. Oh, Is God. he bad? I wouldn't say he's good. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't say he's good, but he's very orange. <laughs> you can't see me, but I literally clutched my chest. Oh Buddy, my fucking god! So did I, because you know, like the Buckingham Palace guards, you know, cute little animation of the Buckingham Palace guards. You got to have that in this kind of movie. Yeah. They're running around. They're changing things up in there. They're like taking down the Union Jack and putting up the American flag. They remove a teapot and replace it with a bottle of Coca-Cola. But you guys. The bottle doesn't say Coca-Cola on it. Oh, God, no. It says Kofefe. Jesus. Oh, my God. I'd rather watch Cannibal Holocaust again. <laughs> I wish I was that turtle so bad. At, 
at this point, like, I am... I have to assume at this point I'm the only American in the theater. This is something that was never meant for my eyes. And I am just locked in, gripping both armrests as this movie for children in Europe and Southeast Asia makes a Kofefe joke five minutes into the movie. But it gets worse. Because Cheetus Maximus himself shows up in all his glory. <laughs> and it turns out it's not just a state visit. He's brought along his hideously ugly dog for the purpose of breeding with one of the queen's royal corgis. Sounds like something now, he would do. Now I know you guys are just dying to ask. Is this kid's movie full of a 10-minute consent joke where the girl dog chases around the boy dog and basically does a, if I catch you, I'm going to fuck you. If I catch you, I'm going to fuck you. Oh. Why? What? No. That, that doesn't happen. We're, we're like seven minutes in and this starts. And the dog's like, guys, no, seriously, I don't want to do this. Like, why are you making me do this? And they're like, well, I guess you got to just do your royal duties now. The dog chases him around the cartoonish Looney Tunes scene just like desperate to fuck this other dog and just like oh come on you're just playing hard to get and all this it's it is abs i was mortified did they do a pepe Le Pew voice to sort of take the edge off <sighs> well the one dog is extremely british and the uh, the american dog sounds like harley quinn no so <laughs> come on so how does this chase scene end you ask uh-oh well, our hero... We the, show it. <laughs> we show all of it. <laughs> this ends with our hero, the male corgi, biting CGI Donald Trump in the balls, and CGI Donald Trump going home. Oh, that, that shows Donald Trump. <sighs> so the him, movie's dude. over, huh? Uh, yeah. We're ten minutes in. What? Oh, God. <laughs> no. Oh god! No. Oh, it's the big one. No. <laughs> uh, so I bet you guys were thinking this would be the only extended, questionable consent sequence of this eighty-minute movie, and you'd be wrong. But don't oh, worry. Bones are cold. I hate this. Because in between the plot of this movie, just extreme bare bones here. Like the the dog is like queen's favorite one of the other dogs gets jealous like leads it out of like the palace and like basically leaves it for dead in the river so the dog ends up in the pound makes friends with all the pound dogs and then goes back to the palace to stop the evil dog blah 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 whatever it doesn't matter in between the first scene of questionable consent and the second scene of questionable dog consent we get two outright suicide jokes and a cocaine joke and a male dog beating his girlfriend. Yo, cartoons aren't just for kids, Parker. <laughs> it's your mama's Trump dog joke. <laughs> this I... is fucking the haunted world of El Super Corgi. <laughs> I was apoplectic watching this movie. <laughs> it's I a cartoon, just... but get this. It's for adults, too. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't... It, like, the jokes and stuff weren't told in the way that was, like, for adults. It was just like, ah, oh, kids are gonna think domestic abuse is funny. Let's put that in the movie. It was fucking dire. I just like the idea of Alex just sitting there shaking in his chair and his girlfriend's, like, wrapped with attention at the screen. She might have hated it more than I did. Oh, I get so her I'm hoping this on IMDb. 
I've scrolled to the bottom. <laughs> Goofs. Donald Trump doesn't have a dog in real life. That's it! That's the goof! Oh, I went to the trivia section. I have a little something I'd like to read off for you. Lionsgate's 10th theatrically released animated movie of the 21st century after Parker. Let me know if you're familiar with any of these. Happily Never After. Happily Never After 2. Alpha and Omega. The furry movie. Uh, Sean the Sheep movie. Norm of the North. My Little Pony the movie. Deep. Norm of the North, Keys to the Kingdom, and Early Man. <laughs> well, what explains a lot. So nothing but the they hits. Might die. So burnt toast <laughs> could taste aluminum. So so to close. I'm sorry, they call it aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. So you know, at the the end of this movie, you know the the dog that we've been following comes back with all the strays from the pound they they stop the the evil dog from being crowned top dog by the queen oh because dog God yeah yeah it. yeah it's a dog well or i should say they don't stop the dog from being crowned top dog because our hero goes you know what man if you want it so badly you can have it and all the strays are like, wow, man, that's, like, so crazy. Like, that's so honorable of you to just, like, not care about this thing and all this status and stuff. And then our hero goes, oh, no, don't worry. He'll get his comeuppance. Smash cut to the new top dog being shipped off with the American dog to go breed as he desperately tries to get away. What the fuck? Oh, good. I hate this. I hate that I know about this. <laughs> I hate that. It's going to be in my head all day. Someone's going to be like, hey, what's wrong? You're like, you got 10 minutes. I got to. <laughs> it's a corgi this movie. Exists. If I don't get it out of my brain, I'm going to explode. Man, I fucking hate this. Thanks, man. So you're saying it's pretty I've, good, right? I have been holding on to this for a week and a half. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry about your vacation. I feel like you would have, if you could have held on longer, you would have surprised assigned it to one of us and completely broken our brains. I was not going to resist the opportunity to talk about this because. Dear Lord. So, uh, what was so worse? Gang you two broke up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what was worse? Gang detained by the manga mafia or watching this? <laughs> Funny you mention that, Chris, because this is going to bring me to my jerk of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Oh, boy. Now, I'm not going to get into too many details about my trip overseas. I ended up getting stuck for an extra day in Japan because I had a passport issue. I'm not going to say that anybody involved was a jerk. You know, people are just doing their jobs. It happens. It's an expensive lesson. Whatever. Someone who is a jerk of the week, however, is somebody that I met while I was in Japan. And when I say met, I mean, I got off a train. Busy subway station. You know, there's a lot of them. You know, mm -hmm. and you've, you've heard about japan and their vending machine culture and yeah. how how every fucking dweeb goes hoo, 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 you get some used panties from a vending machine you get some used panties dude like yeah that, thanks man no i'm gonna get him kiss me it's a fan of the opera instead <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm i get off this train again it's like 7 p.m the station's super crowded there's this dude that's like looks like he's really focused on like trying to get something out of this vending machine. I'm like, oh man, there must be a bunch of good stuff in there. So as I walk by, I like look to my right in profile, and what do I see? This man holding the vending machine with both arms, uncut hog out, just spraying piss all over the side of it. 
Again, this was not just like me and this one dude in a subway station. There are like people bustling everywhere. And I just, I, I, I want you to know just how clear the profile view of his dong was. Like, I could see it all. So, so we know the hero of the story. Who's the jerk? That's why my jerk of the week is Japan for not having enough bathrooms for this poor man. What <laughs> <laughs> fucking visual. Thank you for describing it like that. I do what I can, guys. So anyway, after we watched the Queen's Corgi, we so went back. Between that and Aquaman, you two were even out, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. I think she owes you a little bit. Nah. I think she wanted to leave this one more than that one. So we got back. About a year ago, we had watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 on consecutive days. She loved Evil Dead and was very, very confused by Evil Dead 2. So naturally, after this, I'm like, you know what? We're going to go home and watch Army of Darkness. It's my all-time favorite movie, yeah. Guys, this might be a hot take. Army of Darkness is really good. (laughs) You don't see it. Yeah. It's it's been a while. It's been a while. I have two different Blu-rays of it, so. Nice. So we got done with that. And she goes, so that's all of them, huh? And I was like, well... Actually. <laughs> so we started watching Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I have not seen. Oh, what'd you think about it? So, I, we're only a couple episodes in. Turns out it's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, think for the most strong part first episode. Yeah. I could, I could do without the one extremely uncomfortable dad joke every episode. Yeah. It's, it's really weird that the people that made this cult horror movie are like, well, I guess the only people watching this are people that saw it back in 1993. So we got to pander to old people. It's on stars. So the other thing is that like the tone of the thing just keeps on changing, but I kind of like it because you can tell that uh, Rob Tapper and Bruce Campbell are like being honest to themselves. They don't want to be stuck in the same sort of cab and they won't be stuck in the same character. So now the character's even more bumbling and idiotic. And it, yeah, I'm into it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into it. Yeah. I think she's into it more than she was into any of the movies, which is an incorrect take, but, you know, what can you that, do? I mean, I mean, everyone's got different takes, but also, uh, when you get to, I think it's season two, Parker might be able to back me up on this, it gets gory as fuck, but in, like, a really, really cool way, and a funny way. Also, I have to tell you, Dana DiLorenzo is absolutely in the slideshow. <laughs> the first episode revealed that all of this evil's come back. Because he's desperately trying to impress this girl. He's trying to bang in his trailer. Very good. <laughs> it's, it's really Very good. good. That yeah. Yeah. like, ah, hilarious you, you, you have poetry. Yes. Well, I got some poetry here. <laughs> pulls out the fucking Book of the Dead. It's real good. Yeah, I was I, I was real happy. I was expecting it to not be great. And it wait, is instead. Wasn't he like driving cool. to that like bar and he was listening to like Deep Purple and singing along loud with it, but then the evil comes back, he's driving along, he's listening to the same Deep Purple stuff but like barely singing along to it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. Him just clonking that giant fake wood hand on the bar, just looking at the woman going, Yeah, saving those kids from that train. <laughs> it's really good. Fucking love him. Uh, also, the series actually has a pretty good storyline, so um, I think you'll have a really good time should, with it. It seems like it so far. One day. I, never I don't know at what pace we're going to be watching it, but well, I, I was I was happy with it. Double shots of love have to be consumed. <laughs> Correct. You know it. I've <laughs> only got a couple more here. Okay. I discovered a movie earlier today that got me real excited, and I was real happy when it delivered. Have either of you guys ever seen Runaway? No. No. So this is a 1984 movie starring Tom Selleck. I'm in. Okay. 
<laughs> so Tom Selleck is a police officer that has to deal with killer robots. <gasps> okay. Okay, hang on. Yeah, sure, Let me, yeah, just... I need to make a note of this. Yeah. Now, these aren't, like, you know, evil monstrosities. Oh, like, never mind. Like the, you know, the robots in RoboCop or something. <laughs> these are just, like, regular-ass malfunctioning household robots. Like the robots that work in your kitchen or take care of your kids. But then they find out that one has been programmed for murder. Who is behind the evil robot programming, you ask? Oh, God, tell me. Gene Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder you recommended this to me. It is so, so good. Chris, if you look at the IMDb trivia for this, you'll see one line that just says, Gene Simmons claims in his book that when he went to his audition, (laughs) Michael Creighton just asked him to stare at him menacingly for a minute, and at the end of the minute said, all right, you're cast. That's really good. <laughs> and I, you can kind of see why in this. Because it's not that he's bad, but like the way he looks at the camera, like when stuff happens, is incredible. Oh, it's also the favorite movie of a former Romanian dictator. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love to see it, folks. This, I, I have a feeling this is going to be in both of your futures of your own volition. Oh, yeah, like, probably. It's, it's real, real good. Big, and it's big like, Michael Crushton fan. It's like a breezy, like, 97 minutes. Oh, like, it, it goes by quick. And, like, it's great because, like, they, they find out about the, uh, the the robot that's programmed to kill, like, pretty early on. And then they have to go, like, deal with some, like, mundane, like, construction worker robots that are just regularly malfunctioning. And you're just like, huh, this is weird. I wonder what's going on. As they do just regular robot cop stuff. It's real solid. And last, but certainly not least... Your boy took a trip to the theater early today and saw Spider-Man Far From Home. Ooh. I'm so Tell excited. Tell me more. I think this is the best Marvel movie. <gasps> Alright. So Chris, that's the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't it's, seen a Captain Marvel yet. You, I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Nor have I. I... Doctor Strange, I've completely forgotten about and may as well have not seen it. Captain Marvel, I was like, you know what? I'm good. That'll be on Netflix eventually. You're fine. I haven't seen Homecoming either. Wait, is this Homecoming or Far From Home? Or Oh, Jesus. Homecoming slaps. Homecoming's real, real good. Michael Keaton is so fucking good in it. So, you'll be, you'll be happy to know we get a villain performance from Jake Gyllenhaal in this that rivals Michael Keaton's. Oh, God. Yeah. The character is less interesting, which, I mean, it's hard to compete with Vulture, yeah. but, like, just the idea of Michael Keaton being this just pissed off factory worker who like steals from rich techies like it's hard to compete with that like he's not even a dude with superpowers he's just like a really angry dude and him and his union buddies are gonna get revenge on tony stark like yeah i'm in 100 percent um this movie's actually really really funny like i laughed a lot like way more than i thought i would there might be a doctor disrespect joke in this movie (laughs) good shout out to a real one I, I, there, I, look, all I'm saying is a guy takes a picture of somebody else in a compromising situation in the bathroom, and the guy that's live streaming goes like, hey man, who the hell would do that? Like, I, like it's just, it's too on the nose to not be planned. Like, because <laughs> the, the rich douche bro Indian kid from the first one now live streams everything, and it's like a real, real good twist for his character. I like that everyone's back from the first one like everyone you care about like 
it's just them dicking around doing other stuff. Parker, you're a sweaty nerd. Maybe you can answer this. But like, who the fuck is Nick Fury? Like, am I supposed to know who he is other than Samuel L. Jackson with an eye patch? He seems like I just a dude. It. Yeah, he's, 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 he was exactly. in charge of Shield, but now Shield doesn't exist because there was a bunch of Nazis in it. Okay, so now enough. he's just kind of yeah. just walking around like, hey guys, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is not making these anymore, but you can put me on the poster. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm not gonna spoil any of the actual plot stuff because, like, I know people are gonna watch it. I do want to say I do want to bring up this mid-credit scene, which, if you want to just fast-forward 30 seconds, if you don't want anything spoiled at all, you can. Although by this point, like, you'll probably have seen it. I think that I will say that knowing what it is, this is worth listening to as an incentive to actually watch that mid-credit scenes because I know some people like to dip. This, yeah. Do not dip on this, guys. This is an incentive to see the movie, because this is the number one reason I'm actually going to go see it. Yeah, so... just I'm just going to put it all out there. Uh, the Daily Bugle is now InfoWars, and they brought back J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I'm so excited. And the fact that they tease that at the end of the movie has me irrationally excited for the next one. Like, I, like Spider-Man 3 is now, like in my most anticipated movies. <laughs> yeah, I would not have guessed that going into this. Like, I loved Homecoming. I was expecting to also love this, but, like, it actually kind of blew me away. I think I'm going to see it again. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think J.K. Simmons' as J. Jonah Jameson is my favorite performance in any superhero movie ever. I, Correct. Yeah, that's... It's that horse so good. Laugh is, like, <laughs> so you just see the gif and you hear it so vividly. It's... It's so perfect in those movies because he's just there for like maybe five minutes, but he's so perfect in every. Oh, he is hysterical. I might watch those again too. Um, yeah. I might just watch those scenes. Yeah, they're real good. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. All right, Parker, Finally, superhero movie. <laughs> Parker, an hour and forty minutes in. What have you watched this week, buddy? Not as much as you two, but some solid things. So, Shudder, as you all know, I'm a big fan of, recently added an Australian movie called Boar, which is, of course, about a giant boar that eats people. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you two things about it. Nathan Jones is seven foot tall and tries to fight the boar with his bare hands, and they built a giant fake forehead. <laughs> so Alex, I look forward to hearing your opinions on it next week. You got it. Now to travel back to what feels like four months ago, a friend and I watched the Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans, and the conversations around those movies led me to watch Immortals, like two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> now, talk to me about self-control, come on. It was absolutely worth it for the look on my face when saying it's about Greek gods, all that shit. When the big bad guy comes in, the evil king, he walks in, he's like a big old brick shit house. he's got a cool helmet on, and he takes the helmet off, and it's 2011 Mickey Rourke. <laughs> oh god, the sound that came out of me. <laughs> it's our hero, Henry Cavill, his mentor, John Hurt, and his new friend, Stephen Dorff. <laughs> <laughs> Is Kellen Lutz Jesus. from Twilight playing Poseidon? That's a strong yes, buddy. It is very good. And also horrible. I've completely forgotten about it, except for Mickey Rourke. Because he's eating the entire movie. He's just 
it's it's at that point where he just grumbles all of his lines like this, but he's also eating loudly the entire movie. It is fuck not yes. Funny. I hope he just has a big cheesesteak in his hands. <laughs> now, Chris, a movie on the list you will get to one day is called The Stepfather. Mm-hmm. I learned that they remade it in 2009. Now, this is a movie about a man just like fucking like psych- these weird psychosis where he wants his perfect family and he'll go and move it on a family and when things don't work out he snaps and murders all of them and moves on to the next one in 2009 who would you cast to play this deranged crazy person mark Wahlberg, nick cage sorry i was looking for one of the guys from nip tuck <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's, they take this movie that's actually really solid and it's like, alright, but what if it was a teen movie? Because no 13-year-old knows what the fuck the stepfather is. So it's a nice PG-13. You've got some Seether, some Hoobastank, some Filter. Amber Heard plays the guy's girlfriend who in literally every scene is in a bathing suit or her underwear. It is... It is something. Cool. The movie's absolute dog shit. <laughs> Now, I did not know this movie was on the list when I watched it. It was a happy accident. This is one of Stephen King's lesser works, folks. <laughs> this is a movie called Thinner. Ooh. In which a man, a grotesquely obese man, who literally looks like he's wearing the fucking Jiminy Glick fat suit. <laughs> he's, he's a hotshot lawyer in the city. And he's driving with his wife. They've had a wonderful day. And she just starts giving him top. Just really going to town on his dick and balls while he's driving and he accidentally runs over a gypsy because he's distracted <laughs> I'm already he's, in I've actually read the story that this is based on he's right said gypsy and by the way if you don't like the word gypsy do not watch thinner you cannot go two minutes without someone yelling it puts a curse on him to where he just keeps losing weight and it won't stop he just gets thinner and thinner and thinner it's directed by the guy who made Child's Play and also the Lingoliers. And Fright Night. Character, his biggest credit is that he was the main character in RoboCop 3 when they couldn't get the original actor back. <laughs> it is absolute dog shit, but I could not stop laughing the entire movie. <laughs> he goes to like bargain with them, like, please take this curse off me. They're like, no. He's like, alright, I'm going to come back. And he just shows up with assault rifles and starts shooting <laughs> it is something else. Oh my god, I forgot I watched Texas Chainsaw 3. Now, here's the thing. So everyone knows that in the fourth one, they get it's like Matthew McConaughey's first Yeah, everyone role. knows the fourth Texas Chainsaw Massacre, thanks. Everyone knows that Matthew McConaughey was in it with Renee Zellweger, and then they were in real movies, and then they tried to stop that movie from coming out because they didn't want it to ruin their careers. <laughs> Take a guess as to who is in the Sawyer family in Texas Chainsaw 3. Trick question. The answer is everyone's favorite Texan, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Viggo Mortensen doing a Texan accent. It's the the main character wrote the entire Ginger Dead Man trilogy. There's nothing <laughs> else to say about this movie. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my God. Okay, I will narrow it down to three things here. One of these will be quite quick. So, you're aware that our good friend, friend of the show, Dave Bautista, made some comments about how he doesn't want to be in a Fast and the Furious movie because he doesn't want to do shitty movies. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) One of us watched Escape Plan 3 today. (laughs) One of us has already forgotten Escape Plan 3. That movie 
is fucking nothing. <laughs> nothing happens for an hour. And then with 30 minutes left, the action scenes start. You can't see shit. It's poorly shot. Everyone's giving, like... It's a noticeably bad Sly Stallone performance. And that says a lot, because he sounded the same for the last 15 years. Everyone is terrible. I have already purged it from my memory, even though I saw it like 12 hours ago. Thanks for nothing. Just join the familia, you dickhead. <laughs> I finally saw Us, and as soon as it ended, my immediate thought was, well, I need to watch that again. Yep. Yeah. That's I about right. To sit down and reabsorb this movie. I don't I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I kept rubbing up against parts of it. Yep. That my super autistic brain just would not let go, even though like they do not yep. matter. Should I just should we do any spoilers? Or? It's been like four months, so we can do spoilers. Go for it. Because like the thing that keeps getting me is like at the very end she just drops a line like Yeah, you guys created us to control you, and then they just left us down here. And my brain's like, What? Who created what? How would how does any of that work? Who's and it doesn't matter because the whole thing is just like a giant metaphor. But also, what? Who's creating tethered clones underground that control people? I don't understand. I know it doesn't matter, but it's bugging the absolute shit out of me. It would have been better if they explained nothing instead of trying to explain something. They explained. A lot in a very long monologue, and it was like, oh, dude, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the ending recontextualizes everything, and now I just want to rewatch every single scene with Lupita, who is incredible. Yeah, she's She's wonderful. Yeah, so fucking Mm -hmm. good. I just Tim Heidecker absolutely crushes it too. It will always hurt my feelings. That (laughs) that's the version of good vibrations we heard. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was so mad. (laughs) <laughs> you hear those like, words and it's like oh fuck yes <laughs> it's just like it's such a minuscule nitpicky thing that does not matter but it's driving me crazy I just need to sit down and rewatch it and stop being me about it but I feel like everyone should see it though like don't get it twisted everyone should see us it's very very good it's very well help. made yeah I like I don't I don't know where I'm gonna come out when I watch it again but, like, I appreciate the craftsmanship either way. Yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed Get Out more every time I've watched it. Oh, yeah, so. 100%. Like, I don't know if it's as good as Get Out, but also that's a it's... very strong thing to live up to. I think it's very like, obviously not as good as Get Out. But it, Get Out's, but like, kind of a there's nothing wrong like once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing, you know? That's a really good movie. And I just kept trying to, like, like oh, well, Get Out was saying all this. So I kept, like, as the movie was going, trying to force, like, all right, what is this trying to say? It's like, just fucking watch it and then analyze it later, Parker. Goddamn. I don't know. I I should have just like turned it off twenty minutes and went. No, just come back tomorrow. You're in a weird headspace, but that's life. Sometimes, I'll... sometimes you soldier through <laughs> and give yourself a not as good experience. It's all right. I'll I'll be the one to say it. I'll be first one on Take Mountain. Jordan Peele, zero for two on endings. I like the ending and Get Out, but yeah, this one it could have been a lot better. It true but also the alternate ending was significantly worse yeah 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 i agree just roll credits when he's laying in the road and you hear the siren and leave it open-ended and it's so much better but i also get because he's explained like look like this shit's happening in real life like just give them a victory he's like yeah "Yeah, you know what yeah cool but also make a better movie (laughs) the info dump at the end 
really felt like a studio note or like a they had test screenings and it's like what what they're who they're what what is how are it feels like they were giving notes like hey this isn't going over with everyone you need to make it more clear i could be completely wrong because i don't know anything about the creative process but that was the feeling i got was that notes came back from test screenings are like you need to explain some of this or literally none of it and they chose some of it which you know I would have I would have preferred none, but you know Same. what are you gonna do? It's, I feel like there were there were enough clues that you could have figured it, enough of it out. It's I felt very similarly about the ending to that as I felt about the ending to Hereditary. Yeah, I was as it was happening. I was thinking of your takes on Hereditary of like, man, we just went through all this. Like, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to sit down and go, hey gang. So glad you enjoyed the movie. Here's what we're trying to say here. Like, just let it. Record scratch. That's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this death cult. <laughs> ha! Me and King Paimon are joking around, but you know what's not funny? It's just... I sound like I'm super negative on it. I really, really liked it. And for something that was close to two hours, I did not feel it at all. Oh, yeah, it, it doesn't was, feel it at all. It's paced it was, very, very well. I am, like, eagerly looking forward to rewatching it. Did you laugh as hard as I did when the cornball-ass dad dabs when he gets out of the car? Absolutely, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Him just like tooling around that speedboat, yelling "Crawdaddy" did a yeah. lot for me. Yeah, like all the performances are good. The score is great. It's like technically well shot, well made. It's just for some reason it did not all come together for me. But I feel like I'll most likely enjoy it more next time. Y'all, today the final thing I will talk about, <laughs> Chris. This is a movie that's in your future. Oh, good. Because it is on the list. <laughs> A movie from the 90s, everyone's favorite era of horror. Fuck yes. Called Wishmaster. Now look at me. <laughs> Chris, what if an evil djinn is summoned that grants people's wishes but in a bad way? Like Kazam? But, yes. Did we timeline show? Yeah, dude. <laughs> We're in the mirror universe now. <laughs> so this is directed by Robert Kurtzman, who did special effects for... Elm Street 3, Predator, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Elm Street 5, Halloween 5, Phantasm 2, Tremors, Chainsaw 3, In the Mouth of Madness, Scream, From Dust Till Dawn, and like 40 other movies. You, you should have seen what my face was doing while you are doing that. Just looking around so constantly. His first like studio project, this guy who spent his whole life just making insane practical effects, and that's what this movie is. It's 90 minutes of this dude tricking someone into making a wish and then something horribly violent happening. It is so fucking good. The opening scene, it takes place like back in ye old ancient times. It is the practical gore version of Hey Man, just riff. <laughs> like everyone is freaking out. Everyone has something different, horrible happening to them. Like one person just has is turning into a snake. You walk by them. This other person like starts freaking out. They fall over. Their stomach rips apart, and a skeleton climbs out of their body and walks off. Yo, like, that's awesome. I, I need to see this. Very good. Every single person there is just running and screaming and dying their own like extremely graphic and completely practical death. It is so fucking good. There is a scene that made me laugh so hard I had to pause the movie. <laughs> so one of the wishes is. This guy goes, yeah, I want a million dollars. The man looks at him and says, done. Cut to an old woman about to board a plane. 
the woman at the counter is like, oh, hey, you forgot to name your beneficiary. She's like, oh, well, my son, of course. Jump cut to plane in the air and then exploding. (laughs) (laughs) I had tears in my eyes because then we just cut away to a whole different set of people. We never see any of them again. It is like it is a tight ninety minutes. It's bookended. Both the beginning and the ending are just insane, like practical effects showcases. The guy who is the evil Jin in human form is giving a performance. We will talk about it when you see it. It is. I I'll get right on it. This will be a regular in the rotation of October movies when I want something fun and not like grisly and dire. Right. It yeah. Is, it is quite good. Okay. Which one are we doing first, well, folks? I think we should do um, Master of Disguise first. Um, so Good thing, because I forgot to put Bear on my Plex, so I couldn't watch it. Okay, well, luckily you have some <laughs> memories of it. Uh, okay, so... Fucking sitting in that hotel room as I have horrible diarrhea watching the ginger dead man. <laughs> I was awake for like 18 straight hours God almighty. Uh, well, <laughs> greetings. As long as you're okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so, Master of Disguise, Alex, you saw this in theaters, right? I sure did. That, that sounds miserable. It sure was. <laughs> well, like, I've said multiple times, like, everyone in my immediate family to this day, if I text one of them a Wayne's World joke, they will respond back. And back in the 90s, like, Comedy Central would constantly rerun that whole era of SNL. Right. So, like, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were in the rotation constantly in this family. This trailer came on. Not a single goddamn soul wanted to see it. Uh, strong we choice. The market for this movie. No, I will say this as a defense. I think Dana Carvey's a really funny guy. I think that not only is he funny, but I think that he's really good at impressions. That being said, turn, turn. you can't really make a movie around that. At all. That's like, what if you made a Frank Caliendo movie? You know? Doesn't that exist? Do not speak that. (laughs) Please don't Google it. Let's just all pretend it doesn't and we don't know about it. I made it up. Scout's on it. Anyway. So. I feel it. The other thing about it is I'm pretty sure this is like (laughs) a Harry Madison production, right? Like it's. uh, My heart sank when I saw that logo. Yeah. I knew immediately, like, oh, fuck. Which, it's so much worse than so I thought. So here's the thing is, how many of you... How do I put this delicately? How many of you guys are friends with, like, really stupid people? Like, really, really <laughs> stupid people? <laughs> like, I think you got a lot of really stupid friends. They love these Happy Madison productions. They think these are the funniest things. They watch Jack and Jill and they laugh out loud. You know? One of the worst experiences is rewatching Grandma's Boy and be like, "Oh, like four of these jokes hold up." Mm-hmm. That was very sad for me. Yeah, it's it's weird, you know. But again, people watch this and they laugh hysterically. They think it's like the funniest thing in the world. So it sounds nice, honestly, to just be not jaded and cynical oh and God. laugh at bad jokes. Like, I, yeah, I would love to just clap my arms like a seal at <laughs> Dunkachino more than anything on this godforsaken planet. So there's like. Here's how the, uh, the Happy Madison Productions thinks of its audience. There's an opening screen, but like with words on it, you know, like in Star Wars. But the audience is so dumb that they have to read it out for. It. So it says, 
In the past, there was a family, but they determined that only a bride could wield the wand. And I knew it every <laughs> goddamn time. <laughs> it wasn't even subtle. Um, anyway, you have a 2001 era Bo Derek with dreads. <laughs> That's how the movie starts. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> the start of this movie, I honestly wish one of you could have seen my face on her real as like. Oh fuck! That's Dana Carvey's voice for this whole right. Movie. Yeah, that's like yep. I, he's not doing an impression of anyone. Well, I <laughs> felt a pit in my stomach. Like what? that's oh what are you talking about? That's what all Italian people exactly. sound like. Exactly. Just do the voice, <laughs> not racist. <laughs> it's the one race he can make fun of. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Uh, let's be fair, uh, Parker. I want you to say his name. I don't want to fucking say. <laughs> Alex, would you do the honors? <laughs> Look at you thinking I'm going to pass up a chance to say pistachio disguises. <laughs> I... They made a movie when my character's name was pistachio disguises. The credits roll at 70 minutes and it took me almost 90 to get through it. I had to keep pausing it because I was so uncomfortable. Like the way my desktop is set up, like it's facing the wall. So like the front door is behind me, the kitchen's behind me. I was constantly terrified, like, oh, fuck, is someone, does someone know I'm watching this? <laughs> or all of, is everyone I ever had a crush on in high school going to walk in there? <laughs> it's, like, people used to make fun of Chico Marx because he would do that Italian accent and be like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of insensitive. Then you see this, <laughs> he does it for the entire movie. His mouth is just hanging open for no reason. I don't know why. Uh, I, I think this would be a good time for uh, Alex. Uh, who was your favorite character in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you thinking I'm not going to pick the turtle guy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was the little kid. Oh, oh, you mean like actual character, not yeah. character that he played. Oh, no, yes. No. This is maybe the only movie we've ever watched where the best part is actually the kid. Because all the kid does this entire movie is just eat shit on a skateboard. Like... Parker, it's pretty good. Parker, based on that knowledge, should he watch Freddy Got Fingered? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Do not watch it with a little lady. I that is my warning. <laughs> <laughs> she will dump you. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I already know what a recommendation from you carries. So. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, Parker, you should watch Feel the Day, but like maybe when you're alone. Anyway. No. <laughs> Um, I got the super cool movie for you. Only like three kids get molested. Yeah. So here's a. <laughs> let's talk about Dana Carvey's funny impressions. He does an impression of Shrek and the donkey from Shrek. <laughs> uh, if you put a gun to my head and asked me to guess what year this came out, knowing full well that I had seen it in theaters, I absolutely would have said like 1997. And then there's just a Shrek reference, and I went, "Oh shit!" Right? Yeah. Alone in the living room, I like. <laughs> Up to my mouth and gasped when he did not only the Shrek voice, but then the donkey voice. I thought I was. Dying. I think the best part was the kid's reaction. He's just staring at him. <laughs> and so was I. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, thank God, there's a dog to lighten up this scene, right? I, I can't believe the guy says, "Hey, pistachio disguise. Why don't you do one of your funny voices?" I'm just like. Wait, that's not one of his funny voices? <laughs> He's just going to talk like that? Why is he wearing underwear yeah. on his head? What's the joke? Hey, do one of your voices like... Ex- Wait, is he not... Is he... Oh, 
know, this is 90 goddamn minutes. I mean, it's only 70, yeah. but it was It, it, was it feels about 90. And it's a long right. 92. I kept looking down at the runtime and just feeling the despair. So, <laughs> I was having every nightmare. Like, I'd look down and see, like, oh, 18 minutes in. And then, like, I had a test that day and I was naked and my teeth were falling out. It was... So horrible. So uh, data, so, and then you finally you finally get to the test, and the teacher asks, "Why are you late?" And you just say, "AskJeeves.com." You know what that is? I hate my life. <laughs> so anyway, data is in this always evil. So I guess he's lore. Oh uh, he's in this movie. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you wouldn't be familiar with lore. You don't know anything about that. Brent Spiner is in it, actually, and uh, he's got the bluest eyes you've ever seen, and he has fart jokes. Boy, does he. I want to say at least one of those fart jokes kind of worked when uh, he thought he wasn't going to fart and then it comes out. I'm like, oh, hey, there we go. Fart joke. It's timing. It's slapstick. It's every, funny. You every, want to time, every time I saw him on screen, I was just, like, bracing myself for the squeak fart. Like, just, <laughs> it been so much funnier. Like, they're going to do it again. Like, they're, they're absolutely going to do it again. Just get it over just with. I know it's coming. You can't fake me out. Like, I've seen a movie before. It's, it's, you like it at the end where he farts and the fart bubble come up and Pistachio Disguisey, main character, you know says, <clears throat> Next Papa, time you he made a stinky. Did you like? And the answer is no. You save your fucking breath. We can cut this episode down real quick. So did you like Jessica Simpson? Did you like Jesse Ventura stealing the Liberty Bell? Yes, actually. <laughs> Somehow Michael Johnson is the least dated of those three references. Yeah, isn't that weird? Um, actually, uh, so he does a lot of impressions. I, yeah. I actually, I do have. Okay, we're going to. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I, I was I was like dragging that out there because I don't know how to say this. Uh, my favorite, not including the turtle sequence, we have to save that. My favorite is actually, and I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's the it's the scene from Jaws. He just does that guy from Jaws. Yeah, when that he did a, Quint, that one caught me off guard. That was a really, really good impression, and it's also not just a good impression, like, he does a fairly good facsimile of the guy's voice. It's also funny, because he just started saying, oh, hey, and the guy's like, what? <laughs> Which, I, okay, I understand, you're making fun of the movie Jaws. Here's my question, why is it in this movie? Just got a riff, man. Yeah, just got to go. Yeah. Man, I, you can tell they struggled to get this to seventy minutes. Like, yeah. just <laughs> let him have his weird Scarface impersonation and that, and whatever other like old movie reference you want that he can do. Like, like they could have had that Groucho Marx joke because he can do a very good Groucho Marx impression. He's he's good at that, but he couldn't work it into the movie. He's also very good at his George W. Bush impression. Why is it in the movie? Oh my god, uh, that's pretty solid, actually. <laughs> That was your favorite part? <laughs> no, no. My favorite part was, of course, the moment of silence at the Turtle Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I guess we ought to talk about it. So, cast your mind back. Beautiful year, 2001. Brisk September morning. And uh, a couple planes hit the World Trade Center. You hate now, to see it. Now, they're recording this uh, movie. You know, they're taping it, and they're filming the infamous Turtle Club scene. And they see the crash that's on the uh, screen. They see the bombs that George W. Bush had set, and uh, they decide they'll have a moment of silence while wearing turtle. this giant turtle secret. <laughs> that, turtle. If it is the greatest I IMDb every, 
Every time I watch a movie, I go to IMDb trivia, like hoping yeah. one day, like that is my white whale finding <laughs> something funnier than everyone just a full turtle outfit, shell and all, just like bowing their heads, sniffling, fighting back tears, and then having to record that scene anyways. Turtle. <laughs> all right, now spin on the spin around on the ground like a turtle. <laughs> what the fuck was that? He bites the guy's yeah, nose real, off. Like, Hey, how do we... fucking bites a dude's nose. <laughs> hey, that's a real Freddy Krueger shit. Hey, Chris, you like horror movies now? Did you like that scene? Yeah, it was you great. Fucking idiot. I loved it. Did you like <laughs> it? It was cool. That was a real case of like, hey, how do we end this scene? I don't know. Uh, let's have spin around. I guess we'll just fade uh, out to the next one. Yeah, game. so we've talked a lot on this podcast, and I don't know if we've dubbed it, but I, it kind of feels like it's uh, one of our, our things, a pre-9-11 movie. This movie is both pre-9-11 and post-9-11, and you can very clearly see the scenes that were filmed after the towers went down, because that, that scene where uh, he does the impression of the Indian guy with the snake and the, and the like little recorder or whatever, that's a very pre-9-11 joke. You know what's a post-9-11 joke? Talking about this woman's mama caboose. <laughs> Wow, they filmed half the movie after 9-11? I, I guess. <laughs> Alright, guys. Uh, can't do blackface anymore. Yeah, Indians, though. <laughs> they don't know what's coming to them. That was like in all the trailers, too. That was like a selling point. Like, hey, check this shit out. Yeah. Garth is going to talk to a snake. Why does he say all right, India bring the kids. so many times? Oh my yeah. Parker, do the impression. No! Do it. We know you can. No. We know you've done of it. Of course before. I can. <laughs> Anyone can. Of course can. I have. <laughs> Parker. Who? I'm sorry. I'm only a level one. <laughs> Wait, Parker. Who are you doing an impression of right now? That <laughs> Texan at oh, the restaurant, yeah. right? Hello. This is my real voice. I'm a big fan of wrestling and also Boston sports. <laughs> and I. Y'all ever seen Critters? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck. Okay, so uh, what are the other? Oh god, the fucking the guy who talked like this. I went to the University of Heidelberg. What's the joke? That's funny. Was he making fun? Those of guys are different. Danish people or Hollish or fuck? Okay, and the so... British guy. I, we're not gonna try and talk about the plot because it's just a sequence of impressions and then the movie. Get ends. it? Got it? Doubt it? Indeed. So, this expression is overused, but I had literal douche chills up and down my arms at the Abe Lincoln one. Like, the discomfort I felt when he started singing, I like to move it, move it. Like, my whole body tensed up. I started gripping my controller my harder. I was, I was in super my speed. My knees light. went into my chest. I started sweating. By the way, I watched this movie with our AC broken, so I'm just like hot boxing. Watching this man talk to a snake as it's triple digits outside. The snake was probably dead if it helps. <laughs> I like to move it, move it, dance as Abe Lincoln. Like eight fart jokes. Like I, I was ready to die. I've, I've never been more ready for death than that day. So you're having a good time. That's what you're saying. That's cool. Uh, How? Hey, you're a turtle. You know turtles are famous for saying turtle, right? Chris? Yeah, uh, every turtle I've known has ever done I, that. That's so. the thing. is, like everything else. It's like I can see you're making fun of a race or a 
<laughs> nationality. You're making fun of turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these dumbass shelled animals that just say their name all the time. Check it out. Check it out. My name is Frank. Kids like that uh, Pokemon. Those are just animals that say their name. You know what else kids love? Scarface. <laughs> I want to know Another whose idea it was for the turtle me. scene. Who who came up with it? It's just like I'm gonna guess Dana Carvey <laughs> for all of the ideas. Just gonna blame him for all this. Oh, he's been dreaming about yes. this. Some guy has been a turtle his entire life. Just wants to look. He was responsible for either all of it or absolutely none of it. <laughs> like he signed the contract. He's like, oh yeah, cool. I can do some impression. Wait, I'm the main character. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's my name? There's no. Okay, so. What exactly was he doing? In impre- he was doing that impression of, uh, I guess, Al Pacino and Scarface. The fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that scene where Tony Montana dances a lot? Why was he going... Like, imagine being in the theater with like other people who paid money to see this. Like, to. Sitting there and just looking <laughs> at it. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. Well, let's be fair. That sensation. Alex, I know you laughed at the little wiener and tiny nuts. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's the meanest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I also compared also, him to a Wayans brother earlier, so balances. That's out. true. That was the nicest thing. <laughs> Truly a podcast of contrast. Yes. <laughs> it's good when I look down at my notes and see one that just says, How the fuck am I a half hour in? <laughs> like, I don't time code these things normally. But there's just, like, constant, like, alright, I'm 40 minutes in. Don't you kind of, like, feel bad for, like, the main actress in here? Yeah, myself, correct? Yeah, also, you. But, like, I feel bad for, like, the main... Why was she in this movie? I feel bad, like, she's desperate for work. You can tell she's probably not eating. She's really skinny. And they're like, yeah, they're gonna I got make a great fun of character your... for you. We're gonna insult your figure throughout the movie, and then you're gonna fall in love and marry Dana Carvey as the turtle guy. This man in a silly voice who wears a mask is going to insult your body for 90 minutes and then you're going to have his children. She got the tiny bottom. Ha, he insulted me the entire movie, but now he's speaking in this voice. Well, give me your seed. Oh. Thanks, movie. Now, to be fair, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but uh, at one point, one of the characters does an impression of me. It's the guy that uh, who's, who's dating both his really Italian girlfriend and the uh, main actress of the movie. That douche guy. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. You did that. great. I was really proud yeah. of you. So, um... Do we... I don't have anything yeah. to say because it's Hang on, just... let, me, let me check my notes here because I, I, I wonder... I, I did, in fact, take notes. <laughs> how, like, how many ways can I word turtle. existential dread? <laughs> I think it just... Oh, it just says the word turtle. Maybe I didn't This movie... Notes. Turtle. Please, it ends with... Uh, oh, actually, let's not talk <laughs> about the ending because the ending goes on. Those credits are forever. There's like so many of them. There's a like, little guy dressed as Mario. I don't get it. But let's talk about there the opening song. The opening that song weren't even in the movie. How much did they film? <laughs> How much did they How cut? We got to see the director's cut. On. That's the next episode. So, what was the editing process in this movie like? All right, just cut out the weird fat guy. We don't just don't have room for it. It does not fit thematically. Okay, so what? literally, do you remember what the opening song was? The opening song was "This is gonna be fun." <laughs> um, oh now, Parker, You're... you like horror movies, right? Not anymore. Uh, did you like the Exorcist parody that they had for no reason? No. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, you I forgot was about think it already. Of a joke, yeah. But no, the answer yeah. to your question. I actually there is what did you like how the grandfather looked like John Carpenter? The again the answer to your question, Chris. 
It's a firm I, no. I, I will say this. There was one thing I kind of liked. He When his parents get abducted, which I had no idea that was his mom. I just wasn't thinking, oh, I guess that's his mom. I like how he calls 911 and he talks about the cannoli and they just tell him, don't ever call again, and they hang up on him. And it's like, that's probably what I would do in that situation. So let's talk about bear. Talk about cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> please tell me how you came across bear in the first place i don't know which one of us gets credit for finding bear in the first place bear uh, is a shared experience people write movies and books and songs about the greatest summers of their lives <laughs> the greatest summer of my life was the summer of netflix party watch on xbox live <laughs> oh yes i think about that constantly we're at any point like, whether I went to class or whether I skipped class, whether I got home or I woke up in the middle of the night, someone, usually Alex, was like, hey, you want to watch something on Netflix? <laughs> we watched so much trash. We really did. And when, at one point, we stumbled upon Bear and watched it no less than five times. Because yeah. <laughs> it's so short. And, like, because what it does is, like, one person hosts it and they control the Netflix. And then it puts everyone in there and syncs it all together. But you just talk to each other through the party chat. So when the bear's not on screen, we're just talking shit to each other. And then the bear shows up. <laughs> it is the optimal way to watch this movie. I would give literally anything for that feature to come back. It's so good. I would buy an Xbox for that. So, yeah, I, can't, I don't remember who found it, but we have carried on its legacy together. We sure have. It's very important for us. So uh, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to begin. Uh, it's, this is by Overcrank slash Epic Productions. Is that why you guys chose this? <laughs> it might have played a part. I, like, not remembering how it was found, I could just see Alex going, this movie's called Bear, and then him just hitting play. Because <laughs> that happened a lot. That's definitely how we ended up watching the gay bit in Breakfast of Terror. <laughs> I mean, with a name like that, how can you not? Exactly. So, and you know what? That was a good choice. I just love how we watched all of these <laughs> terrible movies all summer, and also The Shining. <laughs> In the middle of the night with our good friend, high out of his mind. Wait, which version? <laughs> anyway. so The good one. <laughs> oh, the TV version. I know what yeah. I said. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll describe the plot really quick. Uh Two couples, uh, the brothers are related to each other, uh, are driving this shit-ass van. He knows a shortcut. He wants to get to the steakhouse to meet their dad. And, the uh, steakhouse, yes. They, they, they crash it or something. It gets stuck or something. They break the axle. Anyway, uh, they get out of the no, van. Like, no, no, hold on. Back up. The, the bear breaks the axle. Oh, we'll the get bear to breaks. That. Oh, never mind. Okay, so they stop. Anyway, they get out, and there's a bear. The bear comes up to him. The bear... Does it, it doesn't quite attack them. Instead, the older brother goes into the car, it out. gets a 9mm, and decides to just empty the clip into this poor bear. He's, he pulls out a gun and says, I have a permit. We're going to be safe. And then unloads the entire clip. I lo like, he hits the bear like six times. The bear starts walking away, and then he <laughs> follows behind it, shooting it in the back of the he's head. Doing he's it like gangland like, styles. Boondock Saints. And bear Doc Saints. <laughs> he is so close he can reach out and pet it and he is just unloading the rest of his clip 
It's the funniest visual. The bear shows up eight minutes in. So. And and the the entire time, like they're all yelling, like, no, what are you doing? Stop, stop. Which leads to one of my favorite lines of the movie, which is his brother yelling, you know that's an endangered bear? That bear was innocent. <laughs> as Just opposed to the ones where they're overcrowding. The this bear is guilty of being in my forest and stealing picnic baskets. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cast is very good because the older brother just looks like a dumber version of Jade Spader, and the younger brother looks like one of the guys from the Lonely Island. <laughs> yes, incredible. So good. I talked about how that one guy from the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Ah, oh, there is a point to bring it up. Was like a complete dick the entire movie. The older brother oh God, in this dude. movie. Holy shit. Now I'm an older sibling. I'm the oldest of my family. I I really hope my siblings do not see me in this way. (laughs) Oh man, I can't believe I got attacked by a bear. Yeah, Crown, because you're bullshit bandit. When are you gonna go back to college? Yeah, (laughs) I'll make mid six. That's fifty minutes in the movie. It's just him telling him he's a piece of shit. What if one of their fiancés is like, you know what? Maybe you should get your life together, idiot. So uh, the, the brothers like to fight a lot, and the girl. Oh, who cares? Um, so anyway, let's take our time here. So they murder. He murders this bear. Yeah, like, that's correct. Kills it eight times. Kills it and its soul. There's nothing left of it. Another bear shows up, to which one of the women says, "This one's got balls." <laughs> the bear sees the other dead bear, and goes into a frenzy. <laughs> spends the rest of this movie psychologically tormented. Now, there is a spiritual element to this. A popular fan theory that I just now invented is that's not a real bear for the second one. That's actually the bear's soul. And the bear is... Well, you see, I watched all these Indian documentaries my brain wasn't making music and therefore... That's exactly... The reveal of, like, shit, there's another bear. Can you do something? And he shows that, sorry, guys, I unloaded literally the entire clip into that <laughs> bear's head. I guess we have to hide in the van. <laughs> By the way, so the Indians believe that the honor and respect... That bear's head now looks like one of those, uh, well, I linked you guys to it, so... <laughs> All of, like... All of, like, the dumb armchair bear psychology is, like, maybe my favorite part of this entire movie. That's pretty like, good. Like, there's a, there's a part a little bit later on, I'm not jumping too far ahead here, where the two women are sitting in the car, and the, <laughs> the the brunette woman's talking about how, like, she's, like, really into, like, astrology, and how she gets, like, vibes from stuff and all. Cut to three minutes later, when they're standing out the car, and she's like, man, I'm getting real bad vibes from over there. And then the bear just shows up. <laughs> he just stands up on his hind legs, like, sup? Yeah. <laughs> you my sense my presence. <laughs> So I, I might as well mention it now because I noticed this about 16 minutes into the movie. The video quality is complete and total ass. It just looks so awful. Correct. And I thought, oh, maybe it's like voodoo. Maybe it looks like this. No, apparently everyone who's seen this movie agrees. Why does it look like shit? It's just awful. Uh, the giant spotlight in every single scene made me laugh every time. <laughs> just no attempt to even like try and pretend there's natural lighting. Just literally middle of the night giant spotlight on the characters only <laughs> that's a good one i forgot about that jeez my favorite uh my favorite instance of that is when they're in the pipe and the light yes. is just like like it's just high noon through. levels bright coming through it's every like, hole in the pipe can we talk well, about was, how they're if i was cramped at a pipe in the middle of the night that was a bear that'd be terrifying 
Well, let's just make it as bright as possible. <laughs> I think my favorite part is they're running, right? They're running from the bear, which, you know, the name of the movie. The older brother, as he sees the pipe and his younger brother's like, oh, quick, get in. The older brother's just like, oh, good, I always want to die in one of these things. Dude, could you chill? Could you just, like... Not the time. Yeah, could we not <laughs> the we'll time. for this later, right? Just, just fucking drop it. <laughs> so, like, yeah, 16 sure, minutes in, like you, you said... The fucking bear has a flashback to the other bear getting shot. <laughs> Do not ask me how. <laughs> but that happens. The bear looks at the dead bear and then it just replays the footage from before. Like, is it clairvoyant or are you right? Is it literally the bear's soul coming from See? Her? Fan theory adds up. This if you watch the Indian documentaries, you'd say. Tells his brother he's a piece of shit, uh, empties a clip, and now they're getting haunted by the fucking bear Badook <laughs> for 70 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god visual meme so it's a mom saying why can't you be normal it's just the bear screaming in the back of the car by the way like it, it needs to be said it's an actual trained bear the entire movie oh it's yeah it's just chilling like there's no animatronic it's just a bear it's a bear Very well you can game. tell so, like, you can tell where they spent all of the budget in this movie and i'm okay with it it's like the entire middle of this movie is just the two brothers to go and try and fix the car like eight times, and the two wives stay inside, and they all just bicker with each other. Yeah, that sums it up. You know, about... like, two women have not said a word to each other the entire movie. Perhaps in their and then entire like into a fight about smoking like immediately. And like, drinking hey, can you more not here. Suck my dick, bitch! It's like, <laughs> what? She tells her to suck her dick and goes, so anyways, I'm actually drinking and not telling my husband about it. We're supposed to be awesome. <laughs> I'd like to like I was like 20 minutes into the movie I realized I hate these characters I hate this dialogue why did oh, Parker yeah. and Alex stick with these characters and <laughs> the that's answer what I realized. Wait a is second. simpler than wait a second think. about 20 minutes into the movie they're sitting in the van right but the van is on its side they're just sitting in this <laughs> fucking thing <laughs> it's just I a stupid visual so <laughs> like Alex mentioned that she said she's clairvoyant like she drops this line about being psychic <laughs> It cuts back to the to the brothers arguing. It cuts back. She goes, "Yeah, I've been to workshops to explore my intuitive power." While the other girl is crying that her husband won't put a baby in her. It is so fucking cool. It's amazing. It's the this four worst so people Don't. on the fucking planet just bickering. After twenty minutes of trying to fix everything, they get the car flipped over. They get everything changed, and the fucking tire falls off. <laughs> That's a broken axle. So, now, I don't remember when this happens. Is it before or after? It's not a spoiler. Uh, One of the women gets killed uh, is when they decide to MacGyver away to shock the bear with the ox cord. And (laughs) here's the thing. There's an alternative method here. What they could have done is they could have played a really fire mixtape by Publius. (laughs) There are... There are some incredible decisions made by these people. <laughs> Starting off with the first time when the, the bear comes and attacks them, three of them run to the van. The other one just runs away and climbs a tree to try to lure the bear away <laughs> with no clear plan and then just gets back in the van a minute later with the bear still in tow. <laughs> like 20 minutes in, you realize the movie has one music sting and it uses it every time the bear shows up <laughs> like there are so many sequences you could just crop them play them straight and be like it's like from fucking Tim and Eric like what is this what the fuck why does it just keep going as they just like how do you keep getting stuck and pulled through a goddamn sewage pipe 
Oh, when the one woman just screams, it's like Groundhog Day, but it's Grizzly Day, and we keep going, and keep coming back to the bear. <laughs> she just like screams four sentences worth in one breath. It's so 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 good, and like, I, I hope that, <laughs> I hope this is roughly the point where Chris realizes that oh, the point of this movie is to root for the bear to kill them all. <laughs> Uh, that is effectively what I was hoping for, mostly because I could tell that whoever wrote this was just like, no, you don't understand. You're supposed to sympathize with like the younger brother because he's like a free spirit man and he watches like no, documentaries, man. But like, <laughs> nope. this is the most pandering thing I've ever seen. That fucking kid sucks. His older brother sucks. I hate the women too, and I like the bear. Bears are right. exactly bears are it's, it's... the bear reaching into the window and pulling her out of the van. Looks like a fucking old late night with Conan sketch. <laughs> It's so clear, like, oh, there's the guy in the suit. I knew you had one. Now, here's my biggest problem is, uh, uh, Alex, you mentioned earlier that there are some decisions made with this movie, and I still say they could have played a Publius mixtape, and that would have just set the whole, like, bear alight. However, there is another strategy that they had. Oh, they I'm so ready for this. mentioning the cake. <laughs> now, fucking Chekhov's cake! I wrote it down at the beginning. I think my favorite. It would have been so much better if they had just like, okay, we'll lure it out here. We'll have like the girl. She can like, I don't know. She could just be there. Like the bear's getting closer, closer, closer. Then someone comes out of nowhere and splots the cake right into the bear's face, blinds it, and they all run away. <laughs> like you realize at the end, like the fucking restaurant is in running distance. <laughs> Why are you in the car still? My, I think my favorite one of their harebrained schemes is when they go, all right, guys, I think we need to reverse the situation. The, the bear's out there, and we're in here. But what if we got the bear in here? So they, they attempt to lock the bear in the car. The, bro, the little brother almost gets killed by the bear. Gets out. They breathe a sigh of relief, and the bear just pops out of the truck. <laughs> like there's a solid 10 minutes where people will talk for two minutes and then the bear will like push on the window and with that music scene it's literally the fucking mm, what you say sketch over and over I, I think over. i think like my biggest thing is i'm like white knuckling my controller as i try to get the relic on the sewer speedway which by the way i did and like at some point like the, it's just the three of them because one of the women gets killed and the older brother's like I'm going to have to run and go to the steakhouse, you know, and I, I'll just get there and try to, I don't know, he, he runs away. And anyway, it's just the <laughs> girl and the boy sitting there in the van talking. I'm, I'm playing my game. I'm trying to, like, go through the tunnel and stuff like that. And she, he's just like, you know, you've been really cold to me really recently. What's going on with that? I'm like, well, there's a bear outside. She's like, would you just drop it? I'm like, this feels like dialogue from the room. What are they so mad about? And he's like, I guess it wasn't special for you either. What? I pause the game. I look at the screen. Oh, so it didn't mean anything to you. Is that what it is? Oh my god. He smanged his brother's girlfriend. <laughs> there is a time and a place for these conversations. That bear, who, as we have learned, has come back for his retribution and for his honor. For his honor. <laughs> Throw that in all caps because I was screaming laughing. Bear comes back for his honor. It's so good. Oh my god! I I that was like the the best part because I I wrote down this is the 
dumbest fucking fake drama bullshit. I was really hoping that the younger brother would die and its final words would be, she's really special, never forget that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it all comes back to me. If this, if this movie... Look, it's just once, it didn't mean a thing to me, but it actually kind of did. And then the brother just gets thrown against the window and we find out the bear caught up to him at the restaurant. And then drug him back to the van. Now, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Because the way I thought, and maybe it's a wording thing, maybe it's Manders, but I'm pretty sure this matters. Is I'm pretty sure he's, he was like, yeah, I got to the steakhouse. Yeah, I saw Dad. But the bear got me. Yeah, so that's the, it's point, one line. The bear broke it to the steakhouse. It is, it is one line of dialogue. Up. Like, yeah, I made it to the steakhouse. I saw Mom and Dad. Hey, did you guys know that bear dragged me back here? He just—that's like—he doesn't even lead with that. It's just like, yeah, mom's doing all right, you know. Dad's, you know, he's going white at the temples, but it's sort of a salt and pepper George Clooney look. Anyway, the bear grabbed me by my ankle, she dragged me back the pile. The bear, seeking retribution, drags him back to the van so he can learn that his brother cucked him and put a baby in his wife. And my favorite thing is like. First of all, the younger brother is injured at this time, right? And the older brother is very clearly very injured at this time. <laughs> and upon learning that his younger brother impregnated his, his wife, which, to be fair, I probably would not react well to this. Oh my fucking god, <laughs> this guy goes full jerk of the week. I found him. <laughs> I just... I... <laughs> I love how the whole time that they're rolling around on the ground punching each other, <laughs> the fucking remaining girl just yelling, guys, the bear's still out there, <laughs> as if Alex. they forgot about the bear. Do you want the honors of I was gonna, I was going to let you do it, but but I will take it. So when they do that, can I say, like, the way that he describes her being pregnant, he's like, she says, I'm pregnant, he's like, you're in a family way, which is the way that Hank Hill describes Lady Bird, hopefully she's pregnant. He says, oh, no, this is after he says, you're with a child? <laughs> the witch? Oh, great. Now our crops are poisoned. Thanks for fucking nothing, lady. Oh, fantastic. She's nude, oiling herself up with butter. She stole my baby. Oh, what else is going to go wrong today? Oh, great. Guess we won't get to the steakhouse and live deliciously with mom and dad. <laughs> You know, black filled my ass. Piece of shit, fucking vans. The last road trip I. Hey, you think your world. record deal is gonna pay for this car, man? <laughs> yeah, it's some new world. I like the old world better. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Thomas and Tom. Oh, I don't even know why I gave you that stupid fucking name. So. <laughs> you guys are in big fucking trouble now. <laughs> Alex, will you please do the honor and tell us the big reason why the bear brought him back? Because I know Alex has a voice for it. Let's, let's tune in. So, so after he's brought back to find out all of this deep, deep family lore, the younger brother looks at them stony-eyed and says... I wonder who the real cannibals are. <laughs> Maybe Sorry. the bear knows more about us than we know about ourselves. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Again, I missed out on a relic in CTR. I hope you guys are happy because I was laughing so hard I went off the, the stage. Had it be resting I, will, Aku Aku. I will remember that line when I am on my deathbed. <laughs> The funniest fucking th like the pure joy of all of us watching together in that line happening. <laughs> I 
I hope to be that happy again one day, but I would not bet on it. Like, just for context, like, we, again, we watched a lot of trash this summer. When we first watched Bear, within 72 hours, every time we found a new person that hadn't seen Bear, we're like, yo, 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 come here, you gotta watch this. I'm almost positive, like, a small group of us watched it, and then, like, two hours later, someone else signed on, and we We watched it again. Come on, we're watching this, you need to trust me on this. (laughs) Like, I would bet money we watched it twice the very first day we found it. I can't believe they made a movie with only four people, like, it's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but with a bear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, bear. the answer is not this family. <laughs> <laughs> I want the cut of the mom and dad just like cutting up their food. Like, wow, I guess uh, we know who the favorite son is. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that he came over there. He's like, oh god, hey mom, dad, you're looking great. Hey, tell you what, I'm making mid six at my job right now. Tell you what, my douchebag brothers are over there. I'll go back and get them. Then the bear just they're grabs just, by the skull. And there's so there. sweet <laughs> potato skins. My favorite. Oh, not only is it within fucking running distance when that truck just hauls ass past their overturned van (laughs) oh guys there's a car coming we're saved (laughs) (laughs) overturned van does nothing about it that is you at least slow down to see that you have to rubber deck like that they're banging on the window from inside the van as a truck is speeding by as if he's gonna fucking hear it. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Truck Driver, come over here. <laughs> Can't believe the jolly old so, man passed him by. <laughs> so they have the realization that the bear knows more about us. And he's, the younger one decides like, hey man, sorry I popped that good shit in your wife after you've been trying and failed. I will go face the bear so you two can escape and go have a shitty birthday dinner with dad. And my son. And he starts <laughs> <laughs> He starts getting mauled. They take three steps and the little brother's like, nah man, I gotta do this too. Good luck with your kid, I guess. See ya. It also goes and attacks the bear. It's like immediately after <laughs> the fucking younger brother's like, hey man, just do me a favor. Just raise it as your own. <laughs> and he's like, actually no, let's not give this kid a dad. Raise it as your own. And he just fucking runs and dies immediately. The bear walks up to her. She clutches her belly and asks for forgiveness. (laughs) And then the bear leaves. (laughs) That's the end of the movie. Basically, what we're saying is the movie somehow has a stronger point and stronger moral ground than Cannibal Holocaust. (laughs) Correct. I want the scene afterwards of her just showing up alone covered in blood to that restaurant. <laughs> oh, did you guys get started without me? I mean, like, I was hoping you were going to wait, but no, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'll just I'll just get something off the late night menu. She just Oh, you got me water. Thank you. <laughs> she just shows up there just guys, you would believe there's a bit all the chargers are up. Nice. I <laughs> oh, see my dipshit loser son forgot the cake again. <laughs> Oh no, the bear got to <laughs> I like to imagine that the dad was Charlton Heston, but you never see him. <laughs> He's just screaming, Where's my boy? Where's my son? She's like, Oh, actually, I'll have extra fries. I'm eating for two now. Completely oblivious. You will not believe who happened. I can't Congratulations, believe actually... you guys are going to be grandparents. I mean, not with who you expected, but. <laughs> 
And the dad sitting there just banging the table saying, Yogi, you bear, I want my cake. (laughs) That bear was my father. (laughs) Maybe the bear was a real father. Maybe that's that's how the bear knew more about them than they knew about themselves. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) He just flies off. Watching you from afar. <laughs> the bear just <laughs> takes off his top hat and goes down some invisible stairs. <laughs> My people need me. Goodbye. <laughs> Back to his home planet. The trees. <laughs> I like the scene where they, after she gets fucking eaten by a bear, they just find her drugs. They're just looking like, huh? Guess you can't trust some people. The fucking <laughs> scene where they throw see. her cocaine in the bear's face. <laughs> It's so good. Try pocket sand the bear. <laughs> what do you think she's gonna name her son now? You have to name him Boo Boo, right? <laughs> My adult son, Bear Force One. Uh, look, I'm just happy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I like that this movie is a very sound rebuttal to B movie. It's depiction of bears. Yeah? Is that what you took away from this? <laughs> yes, this is the movie that says bears are not only good, but they are wise and noble gods. <laughs> they are our spirit guides. Just imagine <laughs> 15 minutes into this movie when they're all trapped in the car, a bunch of beasts show up and just fucking murder that bear with a <laughs> Or, I mean, just imagine if only one of those characters was Paul Phoenix, he would have stood a chance. I could tell you let the Axel joke go by and they just apparently could not stand for that (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) thank you Bear for being the funniest movie I've seen this year Bear is so good you should watch Bear I love the credit sequence which is just clearly a trained bear just walking around a car he's just hanging out spooky music place is there a trailer for this? There, there is. I think so. Yeah, I can't even imagine that this so. was like this wasn't released in theaters, was it? Fuck no! I was God, hoping I it. Well, can you imagine like going into a theater and see this? I, I would pay a lot of money. It doesn't even can, like look yeah. Like can you can you get Alamo to just show this? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I uh, well, if it doesn't have a Blu-ray release. I have it on DVD. I'm, I mean, is that good dude, enough? No, no, no. It's signed by Freddie Wong. No, here's the thing. Is that the... I don't believe you. But, like, at the Alamo... You want to see it? Old, we were talking about, hey, maybe we could get a showing of Freddie Got Fingered. But because it doesn't have a Blu-ray release, we couldn't show it in HD. So there's, like, it's kind of hard. Uh, but if I could find... Let us see. Bear can you imagine what this movie looks like on Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> I would... Probably I would I would pay an exorbitant movie. amount of money to see Bear in a theater with like six other people. Oh, I that's all you, who would show up. You guys up. know the tagline, right? Play dead. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the related uh, uh, movies are fucking atrocious as well. If you want to know what our next ten episodes are, just look there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's. That is a very good point. Do you? Where do you think that bear? Like, do you think he was growing weed with Jason as well? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Jason and the bear get low on cash. So they start yeah. selling weed, and they st- <laughs> they live in the big blue house and everything. 
So, <laughs> this I can't believe it that this is like the modern day version of the Revenant. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. You can't spit all day play with your silly little band. Crapping fur is my life now. <laughs> Make six figures. Mid six, buddy. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine Tom Hardy just murdering these dudes and leaving them to die so we can go skin that bear. <laughs> also, I wrote Shake That Bear about eight times. Thank yes, you. you did. Mark Wahlberg wasn't even his, his friend in this. It's, that's so unfair. I hate you. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um... Is our next movie uh, Midsummer? It's barely possible. One hundredth time that says blue snowball. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Alex, you're recording, right? I am, in fact, recording okay. on my blue <clears throat> snowball. All right. Oh yeah. shit! I have to hold this mic. I don't know how to clap. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just say clap. Just snap your right. fingers. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. In three, two, one. Ow! Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That hurt. <laughs> My fingers <laughs> numb now. I love content. Right. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.